Don't bother. You won't be able to move. Richard? Be patient. I'm almost ready. What, what, what is this? I saw, I saw you die. I had no idea that it would feel like this. The years I've spent operating on people, opening them up and then stitching them back together again. It's remarkable, the sensation. It's not pain, more a sense of, of release. Why, why are you... Quiet, please. This is uncharted territory. Chance to study my own transformation. I understand your hesitation, Allison. But let me ask you, all these years, haven't you ever wished to save someone beyond saving? No matter what the cost? Well, losing Sarah destroyed me. But it also compelled me to find a solution. You'd be surprised at the things you find when you go looking. Listening to the Buzzkill Podcast. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. It is episode 74. Welcome to the Buzzkill Podcast, where we craft our love, love our craft, and truly love craft beer. Hey, uh, I got nice. that first time. That was good. <laughs> What's going on, guys? I am Mike. I'm Jim. And I'm Justin. And we are joined once again, not Couchside today. Mm. He's actually got his own mic. They, they gave me the beginner microphone. It's, yeah, it's, 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 it's tiny. It's, it's, it's just a little thing. Yet expensive. It's, it's quite phallic. <laughs> which is perfect for D- you. D- don't, don't judge a microphone by its size. <laughs> it, it is a nice microphone, but it was funny. I walked in here when I first got here, and there's this tiny microphone, and then there's this little chair without a without a seat cover on it. I was like, oh, I see how this goes. Well, for, <laughs> for, for your first time, you can't handle the whole thing yet. We just yeah, got to give you a little you test. You can't be too nice. Got to ease you. Hey, Brian Jansen's back. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Brian. Hey, guys, what's up? Uh, Not too much. What have you guys been up to since last week? I've been doing the same thing that I do every week. Try to take over the... No, I've just been watching Hitler (laughs) documentaries. Well, you have been watching (laughs) Nazi stuff, so... (laughs) I should probably clarify that, shouldn't I? (laughs) I've been super into the uh, story of what happened to Hitler post-April 1945, again, for the second time in like a year. (laughs) And, uh, and, And as expected, Mike has... Mike has showed nothing but admiration <laughs> for Hitler <laughs> and, and what he did. It's my G. No. <laughs> this blonde hair, blue-eyed, perfect Aryan I, over here. It's funny. My mustache actually grows in weird. It's really thin on the outsides, but it's super thick in the middle. <laughs> and, and it's I, like I, you were born it's, for it's, the Hitler. It's weird, right? <laughs> no, I've just been super kind of obsessed again with just learning about, you know, what happened to him? Hap- happened to him. Happened to happened him. To him. <laughs> now I don't. Uh, you you've watched all these documentaries before, mm-hmm. so you're just going back just and watching them all. Trying to get himself amped. Finding, just finding finding new stuff for every, every once in a while. I, I just get, hooked. get amped on Hitler, man. <laughs> Let's see I what get, can. I, I get hooked on a lot of these these history documentaries and whatnot, though. So even though I already know the stuff, I just like rewatching them. You know, it's history. 
with quotations. No, it's well, it's it's well because you're you're talking about you're talking about history in the form of uh, where Hitler went and where he lived and where he died after his alleged death. Sure, but which, the, the which difference is still though, which is still the difference in Jansen. Me, me and Jansen were talking before you got here. He's looked watched the stuff too before mm-hmm. and looked into it. There is so much evidence though that that shows that he that there was so much more activity that happened after the supposed bunker oh, yeah. suicide. Like it's, it's, it's crazy. Like if you actually look into it and, and there's a lot the of red drums and there's it's, a lot it's of, crazy. there's a lot of, I'm going to do air quotes again. You can't see them. There's a lot of evidence to, no, there really no, is. there's a lot of evidence too that Paul McCartney died back in like 1964. Paul is dead. Paul is dead. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, that's all I've been doing. Just film. I have nonsense. You know. Right on. <laughs> Well, I went. Uh, I went and saw some of the Aaron and I every year. Even though I don't give a shit about the Oscars really this year, we uh, which is funny because there's finally horror movies <laughs> up for up for nominated or uh, nominated. But um, I don't care about watching them really. Uh, every year we like to try and go see a couple, at least a couple of the Best Picture nominees. Before you go on, you know what else we do every year? What? Watch the Oscars. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to this year, though. Yes, aren't you will. Why would you not watch them this year? I haven't watched... We usually watch the Golden Globes. We usually watch the Grammys. We usually... We haven't watched any of those this yeah, year. Yeah, Oscars I'll still watch, though. Oh. It's like the first year where genre is, like, well-represented. Don't be an Oscar the Grouch, James. Hashtag Oscars <laughs> so genre. There, there it is. Um, so we went to see uh, we went to see The Shape of Water, of mm-hmm. course. Which was amazing. Have you seen it yet? No, I need to. I thought that you went to see it for some reason. I was going to, and then I ended up getting sick with the plague. Um, with the plague. <laughs> uh, and then we saw uh, t- uh, three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri, which was amazing, and uh, and Lady Bird. Nice. Which was also good, but sort of obnoxious, too. I don't know. It was like, that's real, I, se- real sexist there, Jim. I, what? <laughs> not because it, not because it was directed by a woman, you idiot. No, it was just the, like after seeing two movies that were just like, like I was so into. It was I leaned over to Aaron, and if anybody wants to fight me on this, you're more than welcome to. But you're wrong. But the first forty five minutes of this movie is if if Wes Anderson, is that his name? Yeah, that's a Wes Anderson yeah, guy. Is it? Yeah. Wes Anderson. Director? Yeah. Yeah. If Wes Anderson directed Napoleon Dynamite, it would be this movie. How dare you say that? (laughs) Ow! Ow! (laughs) No, just the first 45 minutes, and then it kind of goes into different territory, but I swear, it was was Napoleon Dynamite just directed by Wes Anderson. I hated Napoleon Dynamite, so I doubt doubt I'd like... You're also also a stupid person with bad taste. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. No, I I can't uh, can't disagree with you on that. (laughs) What about you, Jay? What have you been up to? Oh, uh, doing music stuff. You showed me something pretty cool when I got here. What's that? You got a letter from... Oh, the United States Copyright Office oh, for, right. for a work mm. cited. Ah, pretty so. cool. Your first one ever, right? Yeah. Now you've got... Uh, you do have this really ugly section of your wall up here. Where <laughs> I can put a frame up there. there there's already something up there, but it's super ugly, so you, you can take that down. <laughs> I could. Frame your copyright and put it up there. I like it. Nice. Cool, man. Well, congratulations Thanks, man. on that. That's yeah. awesome. Only a year and two months in the in the, in the waiting since submitting the initial uh, thing. But That's crazy. How long came. it takes. It's just a big back and forth process. So yeah, yeah. What, what about, about you, Jansy Pants? 
Janzy pants. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that's, that's following gonna, me to this now. <laughs> <laughs> that, that nickname has been following me around since my first year in college. I just had I had this boss who called me the most random things, and one day he called me Janzy pants, and it's followed me across three states, two different schools, three jobs. Oh, I don't. <laughs> well, I, I figured you got. Based on your story that you told us last week? Yeah, I was going to say, I thought you got the name because you shit your pants. Yeah. Your nickname, <laughs> oh, no. your nickname could no. be Shitty Pants, so like, <laughs> I would count myself lucky if I were you. <laughs> that, I, I guess that's true. But uh, this week was probably a busy like engagement week for us. Uh, we went and tasted our uh, tasted the food uh, for our catering Elizabeth and I and then uh, tomorrow we're meeting with our with our DJ and then today we finished premarital counseling with only one fight ah, <laughs> all right awesome yeah it That's, was chalk that up to a win <laughs> Aaron and I went to premarital counseling and uh, and I just remember looking around the room and 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 thinking like this is terrible of me to think but there was at least three or four couples where I was like Oh, guys, <laughs> maybe you should reconsider. Because <laughs> like, there was people like fighting with each sure, other sure. in premarital counseling, and Aaron and I are just like, we're going to get Taco Bell after this. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I should add, I did we did wedding stuff too. I almost forgot that. So we found our our uh, our uh, organizer uh, company, wedding co- coordinator company. We're going with. So well, you guys are. You, so is it? It's it's actually based in Hawaii. Yes. So you, the original you, one we were going to was not returning any emails or phone calls for months. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, so we found one where it's all awesome. contemporary, modern, and they're they're offering like nice, uh, good good modern packages with yeah, cool. So we're calling them Friday to set it in stone. <laughs> you guys are both so much more on top of things with your wedding planning than Aaron and I ever were. Like you, your your whole engagement's lasting what three months. Uh, we're getting married May tw- or May twenty fifth, so it'll be five months. The original date was Friday thirteenth, which oh. big big fan of that. But <laughs> uh, Allie wanted to have an outdoor wedding, but we pretty much every everything booked already. All that's left is the decorations, wow. and I have I, no part of that. I, I think we were still booking stuff like the week of. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody I, uh, have a venue? <laughs> <laughs> I also did some wedding planning this year. Oh, yeah? Week. I did, yeah. What did and you do? by wedding planning, I mean I jerked off and went to bed alone. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's uh... <laughs> He's married to the game. <laughs> uh, Speaking uh, of things that absolutely suck, uh, oh, these are some things we got wrong last week. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's a good segue. Stupid! You're so stupid! All right. Uh, first correction, actually, uh, we just actually happened. Uh, jerking off and going to bed by yourself is actually pretty awesome. Does not, <laughs> not suck. Not <laughs> suck at all. Doesn't suck at all. Um, <laughs> it's a okay. Good night. Uh, so speaking of uh, speaking of things that do suck, though, Harvey Weinstein. Um, last week, <coughs> I yes. Yeah. Uh, so last week we talked about the Weinstein Company and Miramax and how yeah. that all worked. I was actually a little bit wrong. I thought that I knew. Apparently, I'm just. Oh really? Wrong. I was just getting defensive. No, no, no. Actually, uh, I actually didn't realize that Miramax was still around, and apparently it is. Oh. I didn't. I, I thought Miramax <laughs> folded, but uh, apparently Bob and Harvey Weinstein left the company in 2005 to start the Weinstein Company. Uh, Miramax was so. They uh, Disney owned it at the time. It was sold by Disney in 2016, and it is currently owned by a company called BN Media Group. Are they? But they don't really. There's nothing. They haven't released anything. I wonder if it just exists for rights purposes, perhaps. I don't hmm. know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, apparently Miramax still in some capacity is still a thing. Right on. Who knew? Who knew? Uh, also, it's Joe Bob Briggs. 
who used to host Monster Vision, not Billy Bob Briggs, like <laughs> I said. <laughs> uh, speaking of speaking of horror uh, hosts mm-hmm. of the, of that type, uh, Svengulia is out of Chicago. <coughs> oh, okay. Not Chi-town. the Detroit area. It, it, it always aired around here and still does actually. Gotcha. But um, yeah, he's out of. Yes, Chi Town. Chi Town. Chi Town. Bean Town. Um, Bean Bean Town's Chicago, right? Oh, yeah. Sounds racist. (laughs) (laughs) That's because that big bean. The big silver bean. Fair enough. Bean Um, Town. That's all I got. Uh, Other than that, we were pretty good. Also, Peter Weller is not a surgeon. Oh, I thought he (laughs) was. No. He's still acting. I could have sworn that I I had read a a big long thing about how. Uh, when Kevin Smith was supposed to do the Buckaroo Banzai TV show, mm-hmm. they wanted him to come back or whatever, but he had no interest in it because he had re- he had retired from acting and he was like a doctor or something. No, he, he's still he's still pretty active. Okay, he was I must be thinking. I must there be was thinking, somebody he like was that. In, I've heard, he was I've in, heard some, an actor that did okay, that. Okay, I'm thinking of a different actor. He was then. in Dexter. Remember? No. Yeah. He played yeah, a he pretty big role in Dexter. Actually, I can't remember the actual. Are you, uh, or are you thinking of RoboCop himself? <laughs> RoboCop became they they broke him down they broke his parts down and they turned him into the Da Vinci, you know that machine that does the machine that does like remote like remote surgeries. That's RoboCop now. Sweet. Uh, okay, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna figure out who it was I was thinking of though because I'm not crazy. There no, isn't, he was there. he was Liddy in in Dexter. Stan Liddy. He was like a. Uh, I think I, I want to say that I think he was like, like a, a special. Uh, special investigator or something like that. Oh yeah, yeah. Yep. You're I right. He, I think he got right. murdered in the back of a van, if I'm not somewhere, mistaken. Somewhere very uncomfortable. Yeah, <laughs> back of a, like the back of a Volkswagen. Volkswagen. <laughs> you okay, got... you're absolutely right. Who was? Who the fuck was I thinking of? I don't know, man. All right, that'll be that'll be a part two correction for part next week. Part two, <laughs> to be continued. Um, cool. So is that it for that's corrections? It. Yeah, then? That's All it. right, cool. Well, uh, this week since we've got our uh, little Jancy. Jancy Jancy oh, friend here. <laughs> We're putting our big boy oh, Jancy pants on. <laughs> the comfy pants. One leg at a time. And then uh, we uh, basically when we have people on, sorry. Uh, when, we have pe- when we have people on, we usually like to give them the option to kind of pick what we talk about for mm-hmm. the week. Mm-hmm. Well, Brian is a big HP Lovecraft fan, mm. as am I. Have you ever read any H.P. Lovecraft? You know, I will, by my own admission, I am not very well versed in Lovecraft. Uh, I never, uh, for whatever reason, it just wasn't something that I ever got into when I was younger or anything like that, right, reading the stories. So, um, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of new to the whole Lovecraft game. I think there's a word for people like you. Oh, a uh, piece of shit. Yeah, it's like three words, but you know. Uncultured swine, <laughs> piece of shit, whatever <laughs> yep, you want. Yep, yep. Um, <laughs> no, so a uh, big fan of H.P. Lovecraft, and uh, so we decided this week to discuss some movies that are, well, one is a direct uh, adaptation mm-hmm. of a Lovecraft film, mm-hmm. or a Lovecraft story, rather, and one is heavily inspired by Lovecraft, yep. which there are a ton of movies out there that are both adaptations and, and heavily yeah. inspired by Lovecraft. I believe the word you're looking for is Lovecraftian. Lovecraftian. I'd I'd say I'd, I'd say like any any good horror director with with their salt has done something that is a, that is at least slightly inspired by well, Lovecraft. I think it's 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 tough from from what I'm from what I'm gathering. It seems tough to talk horror without something being Lovecraftian or something coming from an idea that stemmed right. from the from this guy, you know. Like when 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 was he alive? When did Lovecraft reign? Uh he was in the early 20th century. Okay. 
But yeah, so his influence, <clears throat> though, I think is just everywhere. Like you, it's it's really, really difficult to get away from it completely. Right. Uh, it, from what it seems, especially in more of the like sci-fi horror sort of, you know, like when it comes to elder gods mm-hmm. or or just mysticism or whatever. It kind of seems like that's Or the all... unknown, really. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. like that's, that was a, that Which, was a major honest, theme. All good horror has an element of the unknown. Right. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we uh, decided to go with a couple movies that are Lovecraftian. And, uh, and Michael... I... <laughs> <laughs> he said he had a tough time finding beer for I this I did, one. I did. This one, I think it's I think it's pretty good. Because it's got, like, this is from, I've never even, oh, this is uh, a Unibrow, or Unibrew. Unibrew, yeah, Unibrew, I, I believe that's what it is. Or Unibrew, I don't know. From that Unibrow from brewery. That, from that Unibrow, I mean, come on. <laughs> We're Americans, we read this Unibrow. Mm-hmm. I think that's safe This is say. the same company that we drank for our John Carpenter episode. That's uh, right. Uh, Lefin, Lefin, Lefin Dumont. Dumont. That's what we. Which is, yeah. which I mean, if you know, talk about a talk about a director who's definitely got some Lovecraftian the Car- themes in his in his movies. So, Absolutely. Uh, I mean, even one in the mouth of madness is <laughs> pretty much embodies every single Lovecraft story ever mm-hmm. written, which mm-hmm. is awesome. Have you seen that movie no, yet? No, I haven't. Dude, it's like, you gotta it's like watch it. Carpenter. so good. Uh, that and uh, Prince of Darkness are the only two Carpenter movies I haven't seen. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I don't think I've seen Prince of Darkness either. Is that the one with... Uh, I don't know. I haven't seen it. Isn't... Um, <laughs> is Alice Cooper in that movie? Maybe. You don't know anything You're, about it at all? I've not, I've not seen it. Oh, all right. Um, well, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sure that if Vito is listening right now, oh, he's gonna he's gonna be yelling at his radio and he's gonna be texting you immediately. <laughs> um, so this is from Unabru or Unabrau. Uh, it's called Ephemer. It's a Belgian style fruit flavored wheat ale, mm-hmm. and it's got sort of this. Um, well, it's made with elderberry. So I and, picked and it because elder gods. Elderberries. There you go. Made with the old ones. There you go. <laughs> I, I, got, I got nothing. It's, it's a bit of a reach this week. <laughs> Mike's, Mike's mind is like one of those connect the dot things that you did when you were a kid, and <laughs> he just stood in the middle of the aisle. He's like, "Wait a second, elderberries." Elder actually, gods. I was actually pointing at things like, like I had words, like word bubbles above my head. I'm like, "Well, that goes to that, and that to that. Perfect." You just, you just had, a, you had a marker in your writing formulas on the <laughs> the doors of the cooler, like a beautiful mind um so yeah this is uh it's well plus it's got it's got sort of like a um sort of a a goddess yeah on the front of the bottle sure so i'd I'd say it fits pretty well sure now i think we talked about um at least we say it does because we talked about elderberry i think last week Uh, a couple weeks ago i I was talking ironically enough i was talking about blake's new cider uh Archimedes, because it's it's made with uh, elderberry and vanilla. Maybe that's. And then we also talked about how none of us knows what an elderberry is. Well, we're about to find out because this is heavily flavored by elderberry. Um, hold on, let me let me see if there's any. uh, Ephemere is an ephemeral. hmm? It's an ephemeral ale that comes and goes with the seasons. Oh God! It was developed as as a series to feature a seasonal fruit in a refreshing, lightly spiced white ale. The label depicts a fairy. Not a goddess. Are you exploding over there? What are you doing? Orgasming. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it just it just keeps coming. The, <laughs> the label depicts a fairy, an ephemeral spirit associated with fruits picked at the peak of ripeness during each harvest season. 
Uh, Ephemere elderberry is brewed using a balanced combination of the elder fruit and flowers while it bears a beautiful pinkish head. Is that a pinkish head you got going on there? It's a good head. <laughs> it's a really good head. It, it just, uh, it just, it just, it's not stopping. In ruby color, Ephemere elderberry also offers an explosion of berry flavors. <laughs> it's because it's, it's that explosion of berry flavors. Your uh, beer is broken. Along with subtle floral notes and hints of tropical fruit reminiscent of the musket's powerful bouquet. It's bottle fermented. My musket has a powerful bouquet. Food pairing, pork loin, grilled chicken, snapper, <laughs> pink snapper, fish and chips, roulette, mine's, berry mine's dressing. than his. <laughs> Goat cheese, brie, and camembert. This is, I'm done with that. Oh, dear. Right, let's, let's this is way this. too much like a red rocket for comfort. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Cheers. Cheers, Cheers Watch John. the electronics. Cheers, boys. Well, damn it, if that isn't delicious. Wow. Una, bro. Okay. It stopped ejaculating all That's over really good. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Mm. That is good. It's a little bit sour. It's got like, it's got like oh, a little yeah. bit of a, uh, mm-hmm. like a tartiness to it. Mm-hmm. That's it's that right. elderberry. It's that elderberry. Yeah. Like just I, would imagine, I would imagine an, an old elderly person would be a little bit tart and sour. Right. So that, that, <laughs> <laughs> that, that makes sense. <laughs> Gross. Um, yeah. So anyway, that's what we're drinking and that's what we're talking about. And now it's time to get into the bleed feed. We, uh, we don't have a heck of a whole lot this week. It's kind of a slower news week. But, Not a whole uh, heck of a lot. Not really. You don't <laughs> say. All right. Um, so we're all fans of the Cloverfield series so far. Yeah. Correct? Yeah. Have you seen 10 Cloverfield? Oh, no, then? I haven't seen Ooh, 10 it's Cloverfield good. yet. It's good. Oh, it's very good. Very good. Uh, well, there's been talk of that the one, series that one, expanding. That was the one with Jonathan Goodman. Um. Yeah. 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 Okay. He was. He was a good man. I like. He, now yeah. the now Ten Cloverfield Lane wasn't uh, wasn't found footage, right? No. Was any part of it found footage at all? No. It was just straight narrative. Yep. Okay. Well, most of the from my understanding, most of the stories that are going to take place in the Cloverfield universe are all their own self-contained stories with like overtones that are yeah, the same. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and there's been talk of expanding the uh, the universe. There's been talk very recently of a, te- a television show that's Ooh. going to take place in the universe. And there's been talk of two movies. One <laughs> uh, called The God Particle, God Particle which yeah. uh, we're probably going to be seeing a trailer for relatively soon. Probably oh, really? Super Bowl is my guess. Cool. And uh, word has it that Netflix is going to be picking that one up, so it might go straight to Netflix. However, another film that's been in the works called Overlord has been long rumored to possibly be a fourth movie. And uh they have they have announced that it is actually the fourth movie in the Cloverfield franchise, uh, in the, and it sounds a lot like my favorite kind of movie, especially given what I've been obsessed with lately. It's pretty much Nazi exploitation, <laughs> <laughs> which is pretty awesome. Um, in the film, on the eve of D-Day, a group of American paratroopers are dropped behind enemy lines to carry out a mission crucial to the invasion's success. But as they approach their target, they begin to realize that more is going on in this Nazi-occupied village than a simple military operation. They find themselves fighting against supernatural forces part of a Nazi experiment. Yeah. I'm into it. <laughs> Sounds like uh, uh, Frankenstein's army. Mm-hmm. Dude. Yep. That mm. that movie was cool. I'm, I'm going to bring that Frankenstein's army back up later on. Oh, you are? I am. Okay. Cool. Uh, when we talk about the void. All right. But, um... Anyway, yeah, so that's pretty cool. I, uh, I'm i loving this whole, like, universe that they're building. 
You know, even if these movies weren't, uh, they they might have been retrofit for the series. Mm-hmm. I think that's how Ten Cloverfield Lane was. I might have a correction on that, but I'm pretty sure that was another script that they kind of just molded into the Cloverfield series. Oh, really? Uh, I believe so. But even if they're doing that, I don't care. It's just kind of cool to have you know these different approaches to the same material. You yeah, know? yeah, I, I, sure. uh, I dig it. Um, if you are planning on going to Monster Mania this year, uh, you have a really cool opportunity, and that is to have a photo op with all six uh, live Jasons in the same place. One photo, six Jasons, and you. Really? Pretty fucking cool. cool. Pretty uh, sure you'll die. Yep. <laughs> maybe. maybe. Uh, uh, Steve Dash, Kane Hodder, CJ Graham, Ken Kurtzinger, Ted Boyd, and Tom Roy Morga will all be in full makeup, full everything, and are available for photo ops. You can do it with just one, you can do it with two, with three, with four, or with all six well, so at that's, varying that's prices. Not, that's not all the living Jasons. Who else are we? Uh, Derek Mears is. He played That's true. Jason, That's and true. he is alive. True. So, well, okay, fine. From the original run, then, not the remake. And also the guy from Never Hike Alone. Mm, but it's not canon, <laughs> so no. Um. <laughs> it is because what's his face was in that movie. Spoilers. Yeah, it's true. Uh, 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 Tommy Jarvis. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Whatever the that, hell that guy's name was. I can't remember right. the actor's right. name. I can't. I can't dispute that. Yeah. So um, uh, this Monster Mania thing is bullshit. If you uh, decide to do that, <laughs> uh, that is going on March 9th through the 11th, and uh, a photo op with all six is going to set you back three hundred and sixty-five dollars. What? <laughs> Wow. It's it's one dollar for every day of the year that you wish that you didn't spend that amount of money on. That. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a it's a bit steep. But if you're a, if you're a diehard fan though, you know, it no, was a yeah, once in a lifetime for sure. opportunity. It's, well, it's pretty cool. So and if, I, if I had that kind of like exp- like just uh, disposable cash, oh I would God. I would do it. Stupid oh, money. Yeah, just yeah. Yeah. Um Well, you can get stupid money mm. if you can find one of the following creatures. Capcom just announced or just released a new game called Monster Hunter Worlds. Uh, well, if, you, if you're not familiar with what Monster Hunter is, uh, basically uh, you're a monster hunter and you hunt oh. uh, monsters. I wouldn't never guess oh, that. And um, I, it's, it's uh, I know, right? Uh, they, it's a whole franchise they've had. They just released their new game, and as part of their promotional uh, thing, Capcom is going to give you seventy thousand dollars. What? If you can prove, actually get proof. That one of ten monsters actually exists in the world. Really? Those monsters are Bigfoot, the Loch Ness Monster, the Mongolian Deathworm, a mermaid, Earthhound, the Yeti, Chupacabra, the Flying Snake of Namibia. 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 There you go. Uh, A Yowie. I don't even know what the fuck a Yowie is, but if you can prove. How's that spelled? Y-O-W-I-E. Oh, okay. Yowie. Yowie. Uh, Or a Cornish Owlman. Uh, uh, yeah, a yaoi looks like uh, looks like Bigfoot. Oh, fair <laughs> enough. So pretty much the oh, yaoi. What was, what was the last one? A Cornish Cornish what? owl man. <gasps> like the Lord owl of man. Tears? Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> but if, apparently, if you can actually give proof, like actual tangible proof, that one of these creatures exists, Capcom will give you seventy thousand dollars. Now, what is <laughs> uh, what's the Earth Hound? I don't I, think I know anything about that. Is, is it like the Dog Man of Michigan? Could be. Because I'll go find that son of a bitch. <laughs> 70 G's? It right? just looks like a dog. <laughs> just turn into local stray. You're not being helpful at all, I Google. It. I found it. It's a hound and it's from Earth. <laughs> well, is that it? Because that's a Wolverine. We can find one of those. That's a Wolverine. 
I don't know. Oh, the best part is the <laughs> description. Her, you know. The description says reconstruction of the supposed morphology of the earth hound. And yeah, it's a Wolverine. It is absolutely. <laughs> well, hey, I, there's only we can like, find one there's only like five of them left in Michigan, but we can find one. We can kill one, right? Yeah, yeah sure. I'm not gonna miss it. Oh, they're, they're mean little <laughs> suckers, such <laughs> assholes. Oh man. <laughs> there, um, was, there was one spotted up, I, I believe, in the thumb. Yeah. Like, for what, what was that? Like seven, eight years ago. Something like that. Yeah. yeah Which that's big news around these parts. Really, really rare find. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Go to Ann Arbor. You can find a whole bunch of them. <laughs> <laughs> just go, just go kill one of the football players. <laughs> Found it. <laughs> I got him right here, Capcom. <laughs> um, all right, moving on here. Uh, Victor Crowley is releasing, uh, I believe, end of next week. Already. Victor Crowley. <laughs> bow, bow, bow. Uh, and so, because of that, uh, Adam Green is doing a whole bunch of like uh, they did a Reddit uh, Ask Me Anything the other day. A uh, whole bunch of they're doing interviews all over the place right now. You know, leading up to this. Which, if you want to listen to one of those interviews our, our buddies over at Slackjaw Punks just interviewed Adam Effin Green and Kane Hodder I know that you're kind of jealous uh, didn't invite us they said that they they said that we said hi <coughs> yeah and that'll I mean like I'm Kane Hodder real upset over here when Kane Hodder <laughs> hears that Mike Heckman said hi that means something he's gonna be like whoop whoop <laughs> <laughs> no I don't know what um uh, they're. So I, I'm assuming their their upcoming episode will feature that. Yeah, interview, I believe so I believe that's, that's what cool. it is. Yeah. They actually we're we're gonna try and work out getting over there and, mm-hmm. and being on one of their episodes soon. Yeah. We've never done like the cross cast thing. I think it's a mixture of us being lazy and also mostly us being lazy, <laughs> but, but also I don't know. It's kind of freaky. Like I, I feel really at home right here in this little space, and like the idea of me having to go and. And be on somebody else's show. I you feel can, like I'm just. I'm just, just going to make an ass of myself because yeah, I. Well, that's I what usually we do here. Do, I, no one, it's a judge-free zone here, though. Right. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is the Planet Fitness of podcasts. So. Uh, well, just know that I'm silently judging you, just like everybody at Planet Fitness. <laughs> Likewise. Nice beard, dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway. Anyway. Um. With, with that going on, I guess on uh, the Reddit, ask me anything. Somebody brought up uh, Hatchet Five. If there's going to be more of them, and uh, his uh, his answer to this is that if there is a five, mm-hmm. they already set the seeds for more movies coming up. It all depends on how well the movie does, you know, budget budget reasons and all that. But if it does happen, they're taking Victor Crowley out of the swamp. Oh yeah. Which is very exciting because one of because aside from Jason goes to hell, I think my favorite Jason movie is Manhattan just because it's not a good movie, but because he's just not in a swamp and he's walking <laughs> down like Main Street kicking over boomboxes. Well, I just I, I just well, fucking be, love it. To be fair, Jason's never in a swamp. Well, no, well he's out of Crystal Lake though, yeah. you know, like um but I I love taking just punching people's heads off and stuff. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I, I want to see. I just want to see like Victor Crowley just walking down the streets of like, Chicago or something like that. You know, <laughs> I think it'd be great. Uh, so that's that's very exciting. The fact that he bring, wants more. Bring him to Michigan. Let's bring one of these dudes to Michigan. And Is what it, would they do? I don't know. Go to Detroit. Have to <laughs> have to fight the gangs in Detroit. <laughs> Watch as Victor Crowley tries to score blow in a back alley. <laughs> um, yeah. But anyway, I guess I guess they. Uh, By the way, Detroit doesn't suck. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. It's Actually, beautiful, uh, and we Michigan love it. was on the top MSN.com. Did an article. Michigan is the number one state. Damn in, right in it the is. The entire uh, universe. Yeah. No, it was last. Florida. 
Yeah, yeah. Fuck Florida. Florida sucks. Their, it's their reasoning, hot, and you can get eaten by alligators. Their reasoning, their their reasoning was uh, it's hot. Everybody's old, and just a, just a short couple years ago, uh, they took drugs that caused them to eat each other's faces off. Yeah, I remember oh, that's, that. That's, that's, that's where all the Florida yep. started, right? Yeah, yeah. and, and now that's Tide Pods. It's what? Now they all eat Tide Pods. Did that start in Florida, too? I don't I think they're eating it. people's faces up, but don't do that, because yeah, that's stupid. Yeah, don't eat a Tide Pod. What are Florida, you, not even once. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you know this from experience. <laughs> um, anyway, so that's, uh, so that's fun. They, they're leaving it open. He, yeah. put, he put seeds for future installments hidden into the... Uh, into the new the new movie, so that's pretty cool. Cool. Yeah. Um, I think the last thing that I have, uh, I'll wait, and you can do your blues. Oh, blues. Let me uh, let me just pull up my notes here. All right. So first up, Dario Argento's Deep Red. Mm, yes. Um, this was it was released by Arrow in the UK back in 2016. It is uh, it has just been announced that it's coming to the US April 10th. Nice. 2018. So keep a lookout for that. Vito uh, will be very happy about that. Vito loves him some Argento. Mm. So nice. Uh, the Outer Limits season one. Never watched it. Uh, Never really? watched The Outer Limits. Nope. Really? Oh, dude. I have a. I've got. Um, hey, this is a judge-free zone. I've got season. I think season one on DVD. Maybe somewhere. I don't know. I don't cool. know where any of my movies are. They all got lost when we moved six years ago. <laughs> cool, uh, cool story. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> I, well, I'm just saying you can you can you can borrow some of them. Anyway, Kino Classics, uh, March 27th, 2018. This sounds like a pretty cool box set. It's uh, uh, it includes all 32 episodes from season one, newly remastered in <laughs> HD, uh, and it includes a 40-page booklet uh, with an essay, an episode guide, and 24 audio commentaries. Cool. So, pretty cool box set. Uh, last one I got. There's just three this week. Scream Factory announced a couple days ago that uh, the It's Alive trilogy mm, yes. will be coming to Blu-ray. Uh, extras are still currently in progress, but the box set will be released May 15th, 2018, and you can pre-order them now at shoutfactory.com. Very cool. And that's it. I, the uh, the It's Alive movies are fun. I've only actually I take I take, I can't really say that. I've only ever seen the first one. Yeah. But uh, the first one's very fun. Um, I would pick up that box up. Does, Absolutely. Does, does one of them take place on an island? Um, that sounds familiar. It's probably one of the later ones that I haven't seen, but it does sound familiar. Yeah. But, I'll have um, to look that up because I I don't know. Anyway, uh, yeah, that's all sequels, I got for blues. Speaking <clears throat> of sequels, a couple oh, maybe about uh, two weeks ago, we were talking about Stephen King. Yeah. And how I thought that the premise for Doctor Sleep sounded really fucking stupid. Yeah. Well, uh, Mike Flanagan is indeed directing <laughs> Doctor Sleep. That yeah. will be his next project. Um. I guess they are fast tracking it through the studio. No, are you going to sooner rather gonna, than later? Are you going to renege on what you said then? No, I mean I'll watch it. I mean not until I see it. It still sounds stupid to me. Mike Flanagan. I know. An actor, uh, a director that we both admire. Mm-hmm. We like his his work. He obviously is pretty stoked about it. True. If he wants to get this thing fast tracked and everything, mm-hmm. so come on. Does Doctor Sleep I really will... sound stupid, Mike? If if Jurassic World has taught me anything, yeah, it is it is not to jump to conclusions. Yeah. So I will I will reserve my judgment until it comes out. Thank you. But um, that's all I ever ask. It still looks stupid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, that's uh, that will do it for the bleed feed. The end. Boom! That was the news. <laughs> little little uh, yeah yeah nice yeah. nice yeah. I can't talk. Did you do a whisper underneath here. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, like I couldn't think of what the fuck a whisper was called. <laughs> <laughs>
Did a little quiet talk there. Uh, Students all right. quiet talk. We, uh, we're going to take a break. I'm going to learn how to talk. And then when we come back, we're going to get a little love crafty. A little, little lovey. A little crafty. Do some crafts. Yeah. Arts and crafts. Yeah. Horror style. I'll make you a uh, spaghetti heart. Just make me spaghetti. It's love. That's that's how you get to my heart. I had spaghetti earlier. It was good. (laughs) Throughout this, you'll see faces ripped apart with hooks, a man slashing himself into a bloody pulp, and graphic, macabre, torturous images that defy description. Expensive. <laughs> it's just a tempest. Jay, Jay, Jay's just destroying everything in the studio. Smash the air guitar. Wait, that was a real guitar. <laughs> All right, Lovecraft. I think I think to this day that's still one of my favorite guitars. You done? Like those are pretty, huh? You done? No, I'm not. I'm talking about a guitar right now. <laughs> <laughs> the Schecter Tempest. That's just a good looking it's, it's guitar. A, it's a sexy it play, guitar. It plays well. I like the way it sounds too. I think every band I've been in has. Well, in the past ten years, everybody's played Tempest too. Mm-hmm. At some point. Well, in, in all fairness, though, oh. everybody, everybody in like the second and third band copied, copied off, off of the, the first, first one, <laughs> and I bought that Tempest when in our old band when Brian and Andy were like, "Man, I want to get a new guitar. I really want to get that white Tempest like Alex from Search the Cities playing now after they got signed." And I was like, "You know what? I'm gonna go out and buy me one of them Tempests <laughs> before they get it. I'm the drummer." Oh, did you did you get yours before they did? I did. Oh, just yeah. <laughs> um. I think Brian's sense. trying to sell his right now. I was gonna go on there and post some like no, smart he, ass. No, he's selling his uh, Schecter. Uh, that the, is a Schecter. No, no, no. He's selling his uh, his hollow body, oh, the, the, the red hollow. Oh. Which I know he didn't really care for that guitar anyway. But hey, so Lovecraft. So, so, speaking, <laughs> so speaking of Lovecraft, uh, Brian, why do you love Lovecraft so much? All right, so Lovecraft is actually a, a new thing for me. It's a new like horror venture, if you want to call it something. Uh, and it actually started with one of the movies that we're going to be talking about today, The Void. Uh, I actually was hanging out with a volunteer from my church, and he's like, dude, let's watch a horror movie. And of course, I'm never going to say no to that. And he asked me if I ever seen The Void or if I knew anything about it. So I said, oh, no, I don't. And we watched it, and it just went into this crazy thing, and it had so many elements that weren't necessarily new, but put all together and explained <laughs> that this was Lovecraftian. It, it really, like, it piqued my interest. So I started going back and looking at uh, my forays into Lovecraft horror, and... I found that in the past I watched an episode of Masters of Horror, the show from 2004-2005, uh, and uh, the second episode, Dreams in the Witch House, which was one of the two things in my horror history that still stuck with me and really uh, like disturbed my memories. So uh, when you guys, when we were talking about horror and this stuff came up, I was like, oh man, if, like if I'm on your podcast, I want to talk about this stuff. And uh, it just led to this new, more grand version of horror because there's a lot of horror, like slasher films there is also something that's pretty new to me, admittedly. Oh, and we can we can help you there. Oh, <laughs> I, I would love your help. Uh, and then there's like Saw, and there, like most of the time, death 
is the scary part of horror, whereas Lovecraftian, it's like madness. Mm-hmm. Uh, also death. So uh, <laughs> I thought it would be a very interesting thing to talk about. So that's why I chose Dreams in the Witch House and The Void for today. So you kind of like reverse engineered your horror a little bit. Like you started with an with like something that was Lovecraftian as opposed to Lovecraft. And then you got interested in it and basically found out where that came from. Mm-hmm. And kind yeah. of went kind of went backwards. Uh, and that's cool. Because you've yeah. been reading Lovecraft since, right? Uh, a little bit. I'm I'm honestly not the greatest reader. I have some. I have pretty pretty bad ADHD. So reading is something that's pretty difficult for me. That's but why I've... it takes me like a year to read a single book <laughs> because I'll read like a chapter and then go back and reread two chapters and then yeah, <laughs> exactly. and, and yet you'll read two or three books at a time. Yeah, I have two right you're, now. You're reading two <laughs> yeah, books right yeah. now, right? <laughs> Similar topics, which doesn't help. <laughs> yeah, but uh, short stories, like my, my favorite author of all time is Edgar Allan Poe, and short stories really appealed to me just because of that ADHD-ness. Mm-hmm. Like, I could sit down in, like, a couple sessions, actually finish a short story and, and retain it all. So uh, Lovecraft is still very new to me, but... Uh, I thought it'd be a very interesting thing to talk about. Today. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so like he said, we're starting off with uh, the episode of Masters of Horror. This is actually, what, episode two, two of season yep. one? Yep. yep. 2005. Uh, <laughs> yep. So it's uh, it's called Dreams in the Witch House, based off of the H.P. Lovecraft short story. It's about a graduate student who questions his sanity after he rents a room in an old boarding house, which was the residence of a 17th century witch. And he figures out that the evil forces still roam within the walls. Um, this this movie could not have been helmed by a better director. Uh, it was directed by Stuart Gordon. Stuart Gordon, uh, who had massive fame with Reanimator, another Lovecraft adaptation. Right. Uh, he also did a movie called uh, uh, Dagon, which was also a Lovecraft adaptation. Right. Uh, which, oddly enough, uh, this movie... Uh, Reanimator and Dagon all share a similarity in the university. <coughs> uh, Miskatonic. Uh, yeah, Miskatonic is also in in Dagon. I guess well, I've never actually seen it. I own it. I've never actually seen it. But well, uh, all of all of Lovecraft stories kind of exist within the same universe. This is what you were so. telling me. So this is this is where my my. Um, stupidness if you will when it comes to lovecraft like i, I don't really know a lot well, of lovecraft so i'm well, kind of learning to, as we go too just to correct your stupidness it's <laughs> stupidity that's that's just that's stupid, just stupid. <laughs> um also uh yeah from beyond castle freak uh just ton yeah Stuart gordon mm-hmm. is that he's a master of horror that's why well, he was penned you know nabbed to do this from beyond is also a, an hp lovecraft oh was it um well, there you go. Is it From Beyond or The Beyond? Uh, he did From Beyond. There is, a, there is a movie called The Beyond, I believe, is a Fulci flick. Oh, the um, fa- the Fulci one is the... Is a Lovecraft? Is a, is a Lovecraft okay, gotcha, story. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. yeah, and looking um, at his uh, <clears throat> filmography, like for the things that he's directed, he's done a lot of adaptations of both Edgar Allan Poe and Lovecraft. Mm-hmm. He did Pit and uh, the Pendulum, didn't he? Yeah, he did Pit and yep. the Pendulum. He did The Black Cat. Uh, where is the other one? Uh the Black Cat was also a Masters of Horror. Yeah, Black Cat episode, was, right? uh, I think, in se- in season two or three. That was a two thousand seven episode. I think there's only the, there's only two uh, two seasons of Masters of I Horror. I believe right? so. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, um, then it turned, it turned Masters of Horror turned into Fear itself, which ran for a season. So technically speaking, Fear itself is sort of season three of Masters of Horror. 
if you, oh, if, wow. I if, didn't you know that. if you want to get technical. Sorry, I, I am I am wrong. The Stuart Gordon from Beyond is the HP. Oh, it is. Is, okay. is the HP Lovecraft? Yeah. So Gordon just loves I'm Lovecraft. Getting, apparently, getting my shit all mis- mixed up. Um. Here. Okay. So here's. Every time you do that, do you realize that's super loud? And, and <laughs> people must wonder what's going on. Like, I've, I'll listen back to the episodes and I'll hear. I'm just I'm trying to start a fire with two sticks, just rubbing them together. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> what he's just doing. having a quick wank every time. You... That's a little dry. So, so if I'm if I'm talking about S- Stuart Gordon, jeez, uh... Mike, that's just so disturbing. <laughs> Wow. Oh, I missed oh, it. Damn it. Oh, oh. It's just so disturbing. <laughs> oh, I love it. Dang mute oh, button. Callback. Um, okay, so the, I didn't know. I, I knew nothing about this movie going into it. All I knew was that you loved it, and that was it. Um, what, what really made me fall in love with uh, this episode Dude. is a Dude. rat with a human face. Uh, <laughs> is, is there anything better? Um, I, yes. Help me is out there, James. Is there, <laughs> how am I supposed to help you a with this? A human with is a there, rat face. <laughs> oh, that's better. Uh, you know what's even better than that, though? What? Another beer. Hey. Nice. Yeah. Want, uh, I, don't know how to, I don't know how to work uh, ephemer into, or ep, ep, I don't even know how you say this word. Holy ephemer. Ephem- I need another beer. Ephem- is it ephemer? Well, it's it's ephemeral, so Eph- I th- it's eph- ephemer. Ephemer. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm not sure how to work that into a pun, so I'm not even going to bother trying. You want one of those, or you want a... a I think one of the, I actually like this a lot. A busy Lizzie. Um, okay, <clears> so, <throat> Dreams in the Witch House. Uh, I knew nothing about this when we went into it, so I was it was... It was Fairly new. I have only ever actually seen one other Masters of Horror episode, and that was the cigarette burns we watched oh. for the John Carpenter episode with mm-hmm. Vito. Apparently, Masters of Horror are things that we do with guests. Who knew? <laughs> um, what I, I one thing that always throws me about these is that when you're watching these movies, you know you're watching a TV show and not like a movie. Like they yeah. they look they 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 have that same look when I used to watch like uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark back in the day mm-hmm. like that's what they it feels like the adult mm-hmm. version of that like these, these self contained stories and they're they're definitely made for TV but they're a little bit more theatric like I don't know it's it, actually it, that's actually a pretty good way to put they're almost exactly like a, a an adult <laughs> version of Are You Afraid of the Dark mm-hmm. oh yeah because they I mean even the even the the music in them kind of has the same sort of feel. It's almost kind of cheesy, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. Uh, it, but then you have uh, people murdering babies, so <laughs> <laughs> or well, or feeding their intestines into a into a projector. You know, can it's you like, imagine? Yeah. Can you imagine that being on Nickelodeon back in the day? <laughs> and it, it's actually funny that you describe it like that because Masters of Horror after. The original Saw was my first foray as a 14-year-old into, like, He's big boy horror. He's 15 now. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so that, that was my first foray into what we'll call big boy horror. Like, horror where, uh, like, there are people dying, and there's blood, and there's gore, and there's boobies. And, uh, <laughs> oh, boobies. <laughs> and, like, there's bad endings and all that, mm-hmm. so... Uh, actually, to this day, the uh, the two horror experiences that still stick with me have been from Masters of Horror, and one of them was Dreams in the Witch House, and the other one was the episode labeled Jennifer, or named Jennifer. Oh, yeah, that one was messed up. Oh, that was the, with the girl with the messed up face, right? Oh, yeah. yeah, where it starts off with the dude trying to kill her, and the dude's like, I'll save you, and then suddenly his life is just destroyed. I need to, uh-huh. I need to see these. 
I've always held off uh, buying them. Like I, I always see them for sale, you know, the individual episodes. Yeah. But I want to get the box sets so bad because they're so cool. Like season one comes in a skull, and season two comes in like a crypt. Yeah. And they're so cool. So I, cool. I don't ever buy them, but because of that, I've never watched them. Um, I think that uh, it, it, in, in Dreams in the Witch House, it was it was odd because you go into these thinking that they're going to be like like straight horror. And one of the first things that you that you see in the in the in the, the movie is this rat that has a human face. Like I said, it's is there anything better than that? Well, yes, because it looks really cheesy, and it's not what you expect from like a scary horror movie. And yeah. I guess maybe maybe Lovecraftian is more like that that rather than like straight horror. I don't know. Uh, well, no, I mean, because if you if you think about it in in terms of real life, like if you were laying in your bed. And first of all, if you were laying in your bed and, uh, like, let's, let's set the tone here. You're in a 300 year old house Mm -hmm. already. That's pretty creepy. Yep. And you look down and there's a hole in the, in the, in the baseboard. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a rat's coming out of it at some point. So if you're laying in bed and you suddenly hear a giant rat scurrying across your floor, that's pretty creepy as it is in real life. Yep. Now imagine that you wake up and this rat is sitting on your chest and it's a rat with a human face. Although it comes across as kind of comical right. in, in would, this movie, yeah, that yeah. would scare the absolute shit hey, out Walter, of me. She's coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> now, has anybody ever pondered, is it possibly a very small human with a rat body? Or a very small human just wearing a costume. Like a rat sphinx? <laughs> yeah. A well, rat sphinx. Well, because in the, in the actual, if, if memory serves, in the actual story, there's more human features to the rat, right? Doesn't he have human hands as well? Um, let's see. Oh, I, th- I think he has human hands as well. And they never mention it in the in the movie, but in the story the the name of the the rat is Brown Jenkin. Brown Jenkins, yes. <laughs> which which is funny because Jenkins <laughs> Brown Jenkum. Jenkum. <laughs> According to the story, it says witness said it had a long hair and the shape of a rat, but that it's sharp tooth. Uh, it had a beard face and was an evilly human while its paws were like tiny human hands. Yeah, there you go. Oh, weird. Yeah. And also, why wouldn't you just cover up the hole of the baseboard? Well, he did. Well, he he, he did. He does. See, I didn't see this one, but I saw the void though. Um, I, I got to watch the void. He, he does in the. There's a lot of. I mean, they only had an hour for this movie, so yeah. there's a lot in the story that's not present in the mm-hmm. in the actual so, movie. Um, not, not that I want to spend too much time on the plot, but I feel it's kind of important to give the rundown of sort of what happened. Sure. Yeah. So you have uh, you have the main the main character Walter Gilman. Yeah. Uh, that uh, he moves into. Uh, an, he's a student. And he moves into basically this like apartment that's just super cheap. He gets a room. Well, for It's just whatever. an old house where you yeah, can like. And you're renting out rooms basically. Right. Um, next door to where he lives is a woman and her and her baby. Uh, they're on the verge of getting kicked out because she's like three mo- three months behind on her rent. He offers to pay to get her keep her there for. Uh, another week or so, right? And then, uh, and then, because of this good gesture, she leaves her child with him for, 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 a, for a day because that's what you do when you have babies. Well, now, and she plays she plays a character named Frances Elwood, who in uh, in the story, Elwood is actually a, a male. Oh, that's one of the liberties they took with this story, uh-huh. uh, because there is you do still in the in the story you still have uh, an instance where there's a baby kidnapped mm-hmm. and murdered. But uh, for the sake of kind of keeping this all within one location, which I'm, I'm sure for not only time constraints but also budgetary reasons, I'm sure they they decided to put the woman and her baby in the house and make her Francis Elwood. Okay, because Francis uh, Elwood was actually one of his 
I think one of his classmates in the story who also lived in the same building. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So So she um so she has to go off on a on a uh, work a job interview so that she can get a job so she can pay rent mm-hmm. and uh, she, and she just throws basically the baby at him and says can you watch him for a few hours <laughs> and then she leaves uh-huh. uh, he falls asleep wakes up in his apartment runs over baby screaming he can't get into the apartment um, and during this time he's having these dreams of of a <clears throat> witch and then this rat he doesn't know if this rat you know human face rat dude is real he thinks it's a dream right uh and that's basically what the story is it's him unraveling you know what's real what's you know what's not and also a big part of the story he's uh he's sort of a he's studying theoretical uh physics yeah and he's 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 studying kind of uh and, and he's studying string theory and stuff like that so basically the existence of other dimensions than what we live in mm-hmm. And it's like he community college stuff. And he's yeah. <laughs> and he's doing he's got he's got this really awesome uh, like ninety pound laptop like the kind <laughs> that you used to type on. Yep. And he he's creating this model of this like theoretical sort of uh, vortex that he thinks is is kind of uh, a look into what could possibly be like a way into different dimensions. Mm-hmm. And then he realizes because he's staying on the top floor of this this uh, house. That uh, where the walls meet, the angles, the are, angles are the exact same angles as what he's created on in this dis, like this model on his computer. What a coinky dink! What a coinky dink! And so he <laughs> he kind of starts to realize that uh, these creatures, the the witch and the mm-hmm. and Brown Jenkin, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that that's what he thinks is possibly the portal through which they're entering the mm-hmm. house. To come and in, I don't know about I don't know about him. you guys. I I got the the impression that he was drawn to that place, even though they don't really talk about how he came <clears> to be there and everything else. But it's like he's kind of drawn to that. Well, and that's that's why that's why having read the story, like you should read the story at some point. It it offers a lot of insight into what is actually going on. Mm-hmm. And when we ended this movie, you said uh, you said to me, you're like, man, just based on what people typically talk about as far as being Lovecraftian horror. Mm-hmm. Like, when you think of Lovecraftian horror, most people think of tentacles and, like, weird space creatures and stuff like Cthulhu. that. Cthulhu. Cthulhu, yeah. Mm-hmm. Most most of the story, most of the actual H.P. Lovecraft story, doesn't take place in the house. Most <laughs> of it takes place in other dimensions. Like, okay. he actually... He thinks that he's dreaming the whole time, but he, in his dreams, he ends up stepping through this portal into other dimensions. And okay. and actually, a lot of the story takes place in a place that uh, I'm going to talk about the void just for a second, but and then skip back. But the end of the void, yeah, that place that they're in, yeah, what's described in the story is a lot like what the is end it? of the okay. void is. Yeah. Okay. So I thought that was See, pretty this, interesting. This bums me out because uh, Stuart Gordon, before he made Dreams in the Witch House, um, he was originally going to make this movie after the success of Reanimator. This was the next movie he wanted to make. And I, I actually really wish that he would have been able to make this on the budget that would have come with a feature film. Yeah. You know, way more resources, way more money behind it. And he could, he could have made a, ma- a more faithful rendition of what the story was. Mm-hmm. I still liked this one, don't get me wrong, but yeah. I would have loved to have seen an expansion on that that world and yeah. you know, all he, the stuff that's in the book that we just didn't get. For the most part, he hit all the major beats of the story, but... Uh, oh, we... <laughs> 
killer tofu. But but he but like in in the movie, yeah, you do miss a lot of that like the otherworldly kind of stuff. Yeah, like uh, the elder city uh, that the book talks about. Like, I part of me is kind of glad uh, that they didn't dive into that because it is a bit of a lower budget thing. Might not have looked right. Yeah, no, it would right. have looked yeah. right. Would've it would have had the great same grandeur that, mm-hmm. uh, like, for example, the ending of the Void had. Like that ending. Like you look at it, and it's like this is big. This is ancient. This is ominous. Right. I don't think that the TV show would have been able to portray it as well yeah. or even remotely as well but with a bigger in, in a budget, way that was like convincing that that's yeah. what it was yeah yeah especially back in uh well i guess the early 2000s technology wasn't that bad but at the same time like i think yeah. i think in for, order to, for a I budget of that to, size i think it probably would have been pretty bad <laughs> I, I think oh, yeah. in order to like even if he had a, a decent budget for they would they would need a really big budget to properly convey what's in the story, mm-hmm. yeah, because it's yeah. like it's a, it's it's really detailed in the in the like the settings that he finds himself within the this like cosmic realm is it's really ornate and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. it would be yeah. it'd be pretty tough to pull off unless you had a pretty astronomical budget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is a much but bigger story I, with many more set pieces. Than I would what like this. to see it remade <coughs> these days Definitely. with a big budget. I think it would be really cool. Definitely. Well, that all being said, though, I think what we got and what we ended up with was still was still a good. It was a good story. Yeah, you know, yeah absolutely. How, how they had yeah. the witch and how they they worked the witch into the house and what they found in the house at the end without giving too much away. You know, I think it all it all worked, and it and it all made you believe that he wasn't actually going crazy, and you know mm-hmm. the things that he was experiencing were actually happening. Mm-hmm. Even he didn't believe it until the very end. Right. Um. And the very last, the very last scene of the movie. Um. Spoilers. He's in jail. <laughs> well, he's in a mental. <laughs> he's hospital. in a me- oh, he's in a mental yeah. hospital because no one believes him as what actually happened. Right. And you think that that's where it's going to end. And then here comes fucking Ratface. Brown Jenkin. He just <laughs> runs in and eats a hole through... His torso. Through his torso. <laughs> I, was like, I was like watching this. I'm like, oh, God. Like, like as if as if the baby dying wasn't bad enough. <laughs> then yeah. then the rat comes nobody, in. And, nobody cares about the baby. This is... I, <laughs> sign. Sign. I, sign. 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 <laughs> she, she's coming for you. <laughs> Am I the only one that thought that the rat should have been played by Danny Trejo? Like, it would have been so much better. It would have been so much better. Oh, he's coming for you! You asked, Sign. You asked Sign. me. You asked me who I would have uh, casted for that role. Gilbert Godfrey. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yep, that would have been oh, great too. I can't believe it. <laughs> Covering the eye. Oh, I'm thinking of Ia- so Iago good. from Aladdin, just <laughs> as a rat. <laughs> oh. It would have been so good. So I good. also thought when I first saw this, I thought that the landlord was Danny DeVito. The very first time that I, the, when we first came on screen, and I'm thinking to myself, that would have been so much better too. I should have cast this movie. <laughs> like Dan, Danny DeVito and his, uh, I forget his name, and Always Sunny in Philadelphia, just yes. playing that role. At, it's like Frank. Frank. Oh yeah, yeah. Frank. Perfect. Frank the landlord. Um, now there are there are a couple other people. Speaking of speaking of which, in the movie there are a couple other people. So there's uh, there's Walter Gilman. Mm-hmm. There's uh, uh, Francis Elwood, who's the mother with baby Danny. And then there's uh, his his uh, his neighbor downstairs who he every night he hears this guy he hears like a knocking sound like a like just a he'll, he'll hear him praying very loud in a mm-hmm. different language and then he hears this banging sound and he finds out later that it's actually this guy is like deep in prayer and every time he gets done with this 
this prayer. He slams a book down. No, he slams his face down. Oh, is that what it is? I thought it was a book. Were you watching? Oh, I was. <laughs> he was slamming his head into a chair. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yep. And during the end, like his head's all bloody. Yeah. Yes, you're right. Okay, sorry, sorry. No. Um, refresher. I don't remember. His name was uh, Masterwicks. I think they say it. Masterwicks. Mm. I believe is how you say his last name. No, that was. Wasn't that? Was that not the? Uh... Oh, that's the old man. Oh, was it? Yeah, yeah that was the old man. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I thought his, isn't his name Joe in the. In the book, in the in the story, I can't remember. Good thing we're talking about the book. <laughs> well, with, it's kind of hard with H.P. Lovecraft to not like, not, especially with a direct adaptation to not yeah. uh, compare and contrast the that's fair the story with the. It is uh, just Masterwicks, according oh, okay. to Wikipedia. Um, and then there's uh, his his landlord, mm-hmm. of course. Who <laughs> his voice sounds like? If, if you ever watched Aqua Teen Hunger Force, oh, yeah. he sounds like Carl from Aqua Teen Hunger <laughs> Force. <laughs> hey, you over there? Oh my God! This 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 whole entire story being adapted by Aqua Teen was great. Like, <laughs> meat, like meat wads, the one in the in the room or whatever. Like fries, fries is the old man down in the. <laughs> no, Meatwad would be Brown Jenkins, bro. Yeah, he would be so good. He's like. Oh, oh great. Sign, sign it. Sign it. <laughs> She's coming for you. <laughs> oh, oh, my gosh. My God. That would be, that would be awesome. Um, so, yeah, I mean, basically basically, what ends up happening is he he uh, he talks to this neighbor down downstairs who <clears throat> is praying and drinking constantly. Uh, I like his style. Yeah. <laughs> pretty sweet life. Pretty sweet. <laughs> Crosses everywhere, booze in hand. And there's a, there's eventually a, a revelation that this guy has lived in this house yeah. for years and years and years. And at one point in time, he was being haunted mm-hmm. by the witch and mm-hmm. by the rat. And uh, the, re- the big revelation is that he himself has actually killed many, many children. Yep. Which is pretty pretty messed up. You do what you gotta do. <laughs> and <laughs> he, and he just says she made me. You know, like she like she had she has power over you, and it's going to happen to you too. You've been marked, mm-hmm. and he was marked in a, a sex scene, a very weird sex scene. A lot of scratching. A lot of scratching. <laughs> real scratchy. <laughs> we we actually went <laughs> we actually went to a poker tournament where I saw something <laughs> similar to this happen. It was over at your buddy's house. What was your friend's house? Oh, we... uh, Nick. Yeah, Nick. You remember that? I, I remember Nick. We were, we were in the middle of a poker tournament, and then his girlfriend texts him from inside the house. He disappears for about 20 minutes, and he yep. comes back. <laughs> and we're like, where'd you go? And he lifts up his shirt, and his back is just like... Carved. It looked like an animal like carved his back up. It's like, it was one of those Michigan Wolverines. <laughs> <laughs> one of them damn earth hounds. Had, so you went inside and had sex with a football player? <laughs> yeah, was that yeah, just real quick. It's it's actually funny that you that you mentioned the fact that he uh, killed all these children because one of the things I loved about this that was also frustrating is I'm sitting there and I'm like, well, why don't you do this? And it's like the characters like ask themselves that question because he's like, I killed children. He's like, why didn't you turn yourself in? It's like, good question. And the guy's like, <laughs> I tried. I'm like, next fine carry on (laughs) he says i tried and they never they didn't believe me yeah they didn't believe me what kind of cop looks at a guy who's saying hey man i killed a bunch of kids and they don't even look into it (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm, I'm sure I'm guessing they're fine. It, it must be. It must be. Uh, <laughs> In I, fairness, can you imagine how much paperwork that is? Yeah, that's I like. Mean, I, I'm gonna be yeah. straight with you. <laughs> My pen hand's sore, so I'm gonna let you go. I've got. <laughs> no one, no one, no one claimed kids were missing, so let's just let this one slide. <laughs> um. <laughs> Crazy so, foreigners, like <laughs> <laughs> the guys uh, foreign. By well, the way. It, you know, and honestly, it might like if we talked about Blair Witch and how like she seems like she <laughs> has power to sort of uh, manipulate reality. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so maybe it's just something like that. Like the guy goes to turn himself in, and like maybe she, the the witch in in this story actually has the power to sort of uh, manipulate the way things turn out. Like, you see that? It's not yeah. that they didn't believe him it's just that she was working to to keep it kind of under or, wraps or you, know, you know it's all about dreams maybe he just dreamt that he went to the cops yeah that maybe way, that way he didn't do it in real life you know yeah. maybe that was his way that was the witch's way of of, of keeping him there you know mm-hmm. yeah and could have been anything really along they don't those go into a lot of detail so you don't really know right. you know what the parameters were of what was going on right and the way that could work is uh we we didn't talk about this ending really yet the ending really yet but uh the way it ends is there's this big struggle and he ends up actually killing the witch while she's trying to uh force him to sacrifice the child Mm -hmm. and uh uh in this ending like there's this big struggle he ends up stabbing her with the ritualistic knife which uh has become a very uh very well used trope in recent years uh and then in the meantime the rat uh brown jenkins brown Brown jenkins thank you The, the rat ends up Biting, the, eating the child's <laughs> neck, and actually killing the baby by biting the baby's ju- yep. jugular. So that that theory could actually work because at this point, since they're finding all these things and they're they're discovering all this stuff, the witch is actually dead. So that theory could actually really work really well. Which what theory? The theory that the witch could oh that she's manipulating manipulating reality because well the baby's dead. But she's not around anymore, so now there's no one manipulating the reality. No, no mothers being forced to forget about their children. And oh, all and that. that's mm. why they suddenly, like, suddenly the cops yeah. are able to yeah. kind of like hone yeah. in on what's actually but the going rats, on. But the rat's still alive, so who's the rat serving at this point? <clears throat> you know, I the d- witch I d- is dead. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really know, because <coughs> in in the uh, in the story, I know that. Well, and this is another like weird parallel between. I they're they're. There are definite parallels between uh, Dreams in the Witch House, not only the story, but the movie and The Void, which mm-hmm. we're going to talk about next. Mm-hmm. But mainly in the story, there's actually a, a part toward the end where he's in this kind of dream universe about to have his final confrontation with the, the witch and, mm-hmm. uh, and the rat, and there's a giant black triangular pit to his left, mm-hmm. which... Obviously, I mean, like in in mm-hmm. the void, there's a giant black triangular pit that they, mm-hmm. you know, they do whatever they do with it, and uh, and he ends up kicking the rat down into this pit, and then he kills the the witch, and then he finds out only after that he's killed the witch that before he kicked the rat into the pit that it killed the baby. Yep. But uh, so the rat's not actually alive at the end of the story. Well, it's not. not well, it's alive enough to kill him. That, but that's in, that's in the movie. That's why I'm saying like I I wonder I wonder because like a witch they always talk about witches and they have their familiars you know yeah like their animal familiar they never really address the fact 
the the idea of what happens to a familiar after a witch dies. Maybe the rat's the witch, and the and the actor and the witch is just a like a human slave almost, like a like a could like, be because he killed the witch by just stabbing her and choking her. Yeah, very human way to die. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So maybe the maybe the rat is the witch. I don't, <laughs> I don't. Well, I guess. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I guess in folklore, the the animal familiar is sort of the the link, the link between the witch and the underworld. Mm-hmm. Like the familiars take the messages from the witch to the devil or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. So maybe maybe in a way the familiars are actually more powerful than the witches themselves. I don't know. Okay, so possible we're looking way too far into this, but you know, well, isn't, isn't it's that funny. the whole point of our podcast? <laughs> it's funny that you say this because looking online, there's uh, I found this. It says that origins of brown Jacob are subject to debate. Perhaps the most popular theory is that he is a child of Kiza, which is the witch in the story, and Nyarlothotep, uh, the Lovecraftian deity she presumably serves. Nyarlathotep, I think. Nyarlathotep sounds like a cough syrup. <laughs> that is way too tough a word for someone with a stutter like me. <laughs> um, so we can kind of we can kind of use that to transition into the next movie because uh, uh, sorry I know I keep on bringing up the story but that's just what happens when we talk about adaptations but uh, there's a character in the Dreams in the Witch House story that's described as uh, uh, like this giant character with blackened skin and no like perceivable like flesh. Hu- human flesh or yeah. anything like that uh, and I think in the story it's actually supposed to be Nyarlathotep but okay, uh, okay. but that kind of that kind of plays into the void because we end up with uh, <laughs> right, me, a, a me, pretty cool character like that let me tell you about the void let me tell you about that character in the void okay um not since I've seen pinhead have I liked a character so much right off the bat? He was it was very Hellraiser. Oh my god! So, okay, so so the Void. Uh, let's let's get this out of the way. The Void from 2016, uh, directed by uh, two guys actually, Jeremy Gillespie and Stephen Kostansky. Um, Kostansky. Kostansky. Uh, this was a this was a very like low budget uh, uh, attempt at a horror movie. Low budget only in budget though, because on screen it looks amazing. Like this movie is a is a practical effects dream. Like if you're into, um, like like John Carpenter, old John Carpenter, oh, yeah. or mm-hmm. or uh, I, I I was getting very strong the thing vibes from yeah. this movie. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons why I thought this would be a great one yeah. to talk about with you guys because you and I talked about the thing for like an hour at a wedding, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> watching this, I was like, oh, oh my gosh, this is so much. Jo- this is so John Carpenter. Mm-hmm. It's not even real. Every, everybody's everybody's cele- celebrating the uh, the union of two of our best friends and. Celebrating love, and you guys are off talking about the we were, thing. I was that's, why, that's why you guys are cooler than everybody else. I was celebrating my love for horror and my hatred for relationships all in the same <laughs> night. Actually, is how that night went. Um, back, back, back to this though. I, I think that you could sum up the void by saying that it is equal parts the thing, Hellraiser, and Frankenstein's Army. That's where I was going to bring it back because the creatures they look like Frankenstein's Army type kind of creatures, <clears throat> like the especially the fetus monster. 
That thing looked like uh, something yeah, straight out of that movie. You think so? I think so. It's, I mean, it's just all the practical effects, though. These huge, yeah. hulking, like, monsters. Mm-hmm. I was thinking it reminded me of, like, something from the Garbage Pail Kids. <laughs> Remember those cards? That's just oh. the vibe I got from that little, that little baby face. <laughs> the, the, the baby face, actually, toward the end, reminded me sort of uh, uh, Alien... Uh, which one took place on the, the, the prison planet? Uh, three. Uh, Alien 3? Yeah. Yeah. You remember you remember at the very end when the when the like the hybrid baby alien is oh, born yeah, it's got that yep. weird human skull yep, face. Yep. That's kind of what that reminded me of. Yeah. This movie it was it was so it was, it was like Lovecraft and Clive Barker had a baby. It would be it would be <laughs> the void. Like it really really would be, which is not out of the realm of possibility. I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to find a budget for this movie. I can't find it anywhere. Well, so this was a this was a crowdfunded movie. Mm-hmm. They they did GoFundMe mm-hmm. uh, for it or, or Kickstarter or whatever. Indiegogo. Was it? Oh, it was Indiegogo. Yeah, Indiegogo. Okay. So they they had an Indiegogo thing somebody, for it. Somebody should start a crowdfunding site called Go Fund Yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Go Fund Yourself. Um, Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> so. They they had a lot of budgetary problems on this movie. There is if you're interested, there's a uh, making of on YouTube, and the uh, the directors it's like a half an hour long or whatever. They talk about the entire making of the movie, and the directors talk about how they right before they they were slated to start production, they found this old abandoned uh, high school, which is where they filmed the entire thing at, mm-hmm. and it was perfect because they had uh, they could do their production offices there, they could have their creature house there, everything. This this, this big old school yeah um and right before they were slated to start actually filming they lost all their funding oh no the person that had the money either pulled it or never came through with it and they lost their funding this was before it was crowdfunded i i don't know exactly where that fits in or not i think the crowdfunding came later to finish the movie I think is where the crowdfunding came in. Okay, that that would make sense because they didn't have the funding at that time to get the entire thing exactly exactly so it it dropped out they found more funding and then they lost it again. They production stopped twice on this movie because of the budget. So they had a really? void of money. There yeah. was yes, a massive <laughs> void. Um, that being said, though, for all the, the trials and tribulations they went through to get this movie made, it's it's incredible that it turned out as well as it did. Um, like even down to the part where they built a a a, a full scale pr- uh, practical. Um, what was the uh, what was the monster that got burned? Or they doused it or whatever, and it got uh, burnt at the end. It was the 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 daughter, the reborn yeah. daughter. Yeah, they had like a full on like uh, uh, practical dummy of that to burn and do like a full body burn of this monster, uh-huh. and they just couldn't do it because they ran out of cash. And so they did the trusty old just put like a flame bar in front of it and have him shriek around in the background. You can't even tell. Yeah, it turned out. It well. looks great. Yeah, and like they say, so, and it's it's incredible. This movie turned out as well as it did for all the problems they had uh, making it. You know. Uh, yeah, and you know what? All that's really cool, but you know what I loved about the movie? What's that? The main character looked just like you. <laughs> you think so? <laughs> you think so? It was Hold so on. distracting to me the second time through. I was watching it. I was like, it's like watching Mike run around with a shotgun in this hospital wearing a police See, uniform. That, I gotta, that, I gotta that, really disappoint, that really disappoints me because the main character was like my least favorite character. I don't understand that. I liked him. I, you said I, that okay, earlier. But... So, so the main character that we're talking about, uh, let's real quick, no one, if you haven't seen this movie, you have no idea what we're talking about. Yeah, um, also, sorry, this is obviously like every single one of our shows, but this movie came out in 2016, and these these are heavy yeah. spoilers. So if yeah. you haven't seen this movie, it's on Netflix. It's on Netflix, go watch so it. So just 
go watch it and then come back and listen to this. You'll, because be, you'll you, be happy you did. Yeah. Um, so uh, shortly after delivering a patient to an understaffed hospital, a police officer experiences strange and violent occurrences seemingly linked to a group of mysterious hooded figures. Mm-hmm. Um, which, by the way, sets up one of the best what-the-fuck scenarios ever. Oh, yes. Because this, this whole movie is it's it's a snapshot into a much larger oh yeah idea yeah and 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 the way that you're experiencing this movie you're experiencing it the way that the characters are by not knowing anything that is going on right like, mm-hmm. there's clearly way more going on the hooded figures you don't know who they are there's obviously a much bigger lineage to them but you just don't know you only know what the characters know from being stuck inside this hospital right and that was a really really cool way to to build the tension and keep you guessing on what what the fuck's actually going on and 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 the like the opening scene that doesn't give you any any insight no, you're like yeah. what yeah. bad guys either. these guys yeah, are like, and they were yeah. just trying to yeah. like Get rid of the bad people. And yeah, Netflix. exactly. Well, you see, well, I mean, you hear screaming from within a house. You see a dead body on the floor, and then you see two young people run out of this house. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, you see two people in pursuit, and they shoot a girl, and then light her on fire. And then one dude kind of runs off into the woods, and it's like you okay. automatically assume, like, oh, those are those are the bad guys. Like right. you don't want to see them again, you know. Yeah, Netflix does a really good job of perpetuating that because when you look on Netflix, like all the pictures are like one dude's hold- like the main character is holding a shotgun, and then it shows the hooded figures and like somebody all bloody. Mm-hmm. So throughout the opening up until you see the first monster, you're thinking this is going to be standoff horror. It's going to be them trying to figure out how to escape from these cultists. Right. Mm-hmm. And you think, what? Well, and Netflix just does such a great job doing that. So going into the into this movie, the first monster happens. You're like, what is going on? I mean, did you? This is hell. Did you know? <laughs> did you know anything about? Like, did you? Uh... I, had you ever even seen the the cover art photo before? I I've, I saw the cover <laughs> art a, a slightly, or that's a stupid thing to say. I saw it just <laughs> saw real quickly. The corner. <laughs> yeah, I saw it, it quickly in passing, but all of my knowledge was just me for literally like months looking at the movie, seeing it, and be like, I'm not in the mood for a standoff horror movie. So just brushing past it. So it literally took some other person coming to me and being like, dude. You just have to watch. Like, yes. have you ever seen Assault on Precinct Thirteen? Uh, uh, Carpenter flick. Uh, it, it reminded years ago. me. It years reminded ago. me of that a lot because you, it, they're only it's a police station and there's people stopping them from getting out of the police station. Mm-hmm. It's the only it's humans, obviously not yeah. cultists, but like that's the kind of standoff flick I think that you probably expected. Mm-hmm. And, that's exactly um, what I expected. Yeah, and and I would have. I actually think that I would have. Liked the movie uh, just as well if it was more about those cult figures. Because mm-hmm. the funny thing is, is it's really not. Like they do mm-hmm. this, this they they kind of misdirect you. Yeah. In a way, you think that it's about these and those the culty, <laughs> the culty like hooded figures do play a role and right. they and they are violent at some point at some point in time, but that largely that's not what the movie is about. They're there just to keep them there. Right. That's mm-hmm. their only. That's really their only role, and uh, you don't know that until you sit down and actually watch it, obviously, but like trailers and photos, that's what you think that it is. I kind of like, I kind of like that, too. I like the role that they played where, I mean, obviously, we, it's there was nothing really that gave away uh, how insidious the actual, the actual, like, threat would be. Yeah. The fact that it was already inside the hospital and they were screwed no matter what. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. But um, 
I liked the role that the that the figures played. Where like it seemed like every time they looked outside, there was more of them. I loved oh. the fact that you never saw the hooded figures walking. Yeah, every right. time they went back to them, they're just closer. Like, well, they're they're, just, were, they're just like well, maybe not toward, much. Toward the end, like once a couple of them actually got inside the hospital. Sure, sure, but, but like, yeah, but the like, whole lead up though, like right, it, like it, every time, like I said, like every time they would flash out to the to the parking lot or to the forest around the parking lot, there was just more yep. yeah, just and, standing there and I loved their uh, unison moves like everyone raise your knife up to the left yeah. kind of thing or something you mentioned the cover art a, a few moments ago anybody get like a Star Wars-ish kind of vibe from just the font I mean it's not the same font but it was the big bold letters with the uh, just the outline I would kill to see Star Wars done by like Clive Barker or like rewritten by Lovecraft. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what a cool concept that would be. That oh would yeah, be. you're right. Just when I saw that, I was kind of like, yeah, oh, that reminds a... me of that. And yeah. I never mind. I actually never noticed that, but when you just showed it to me, it looks it looks very similar. Yeah, I, I'm sure we could call Alex Sheldon and he'd be able to tell us the exact oh, font. <laughs> oh, that's uh, that's galactic outline. Um, <laughs> that's alien fuckery. <laughs> alien fuckery. <laughs> Italicized. Uh, anyone get the vibe of the uh, like? There, there's a bigger message behind it, like some obviously the the triangle Illuminati type thing. You know, all, uh, all these I cult did, conspiracies with the cult of the Illuminati and all I that. I did, I did see the triangle as as being like pulling from more like realistic cult kind of stuff. You know, I did, I did get that a little bit, and I and I almost wonder if it's like taking that concept and then just taking it a step further. You know. Well, like I mentioned earlier, if you if you read the actual dreams in the witch house, and and that's this is just the example I'm giving. It shows up yeah. more often in H.P. Uh, Lovecraft stories. But in Dreams in the Witch House, there's actually an instance where he's, uh, like, going to do battle with the witch or whatever. Or they're in their final standoff where mm -hmm. she's trying to make him kill the child. And to his left, in the floor, there's a giant gaping triangle. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So the triangle so it's is kind of, a running kind of theme in Lovecraftian type right. stories. Okay, and, well, and, maybe and geometric geometric shapes in general, like a, a lot throughout throughout that story. Like whenever um, whenever Walter is off, like in the in this cosmic realm, mm -hmm. he's surrounded by these weird like pulsating geometric shapes and stuff like that. Okay, so yeah. that's that's pretty common. It, and it might not be an Illuminati thing, just because that's a triangle. Could be references to the the Bermuda Triangle and how uh, much of an abyss that is, and you know this triangle going on the walls, and that you don't know what's beyond it. You know. Well, and a strange thing too, you could even draw parallels to Christianity because the the triangle, the Holy Trinity, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's I it, like if you depending on what angle you're taking it at, like. Uh, I, I kind of I had a thought earlier, but now I can't really think of, of what it was. Sounds, sounds like a really well, good just, thought. Just in <laughs> well, just just in regards to like it, because toward the end of this movie, you have this character, the the doctor, who becomes this weird, like giant skinless character, and he's standing in front of a giant triangle, triangle. sure, and he's talking about rebirth and resurrection, mm -hmm. which is weird. Yeah, well, I mean, you rebirth and resurrection are massive, are huge themes in tons of different beliefs. Right, like, tons of like, like, like Christianity does not have the the corn the market cornered. Oh know, no, no, resurrection and rebirth no, and stuff. Like, no, I'm just saying that's in like, everything. I'm just saying, like, if you were looking at it for like, you could you could look at this in 
a hundred different ways, and that's just one of the ways that you could sure. look at it. You yeah, know? absolutely, you absolutely could. Um, my, I had a big problem with this movie in the in the, the in some characters, the father and the son. Now, this is the father and the son that you see in the beginning of the movie. We talked earlier about like, the movie opens with them chasing uh, a girl and a and a guy out of the house. They light the girl on fire. The dude escapes in the woods. Uh, he's the one they end up bringing to the hospital. The cop finds him on the side of the road, and that's where your story starts. Um, maybe 15, 20 minutes or so into the movie, after they're at the hospital, you, uh, the father and the son burst into the hospital and hold a scalpel to a pregnant girl's neck, and they're, they're, they're so forceful, and they're so guns blazing like crazy, like they're not trusting anybody, and they're gonna, everyone's gonna do what they fucking say, or they're gonna die kind mm -hmm. of attitudes. And Just a quick they, correction: It was the uh, the meth head guy that was holding the scalpel to the uh, yeah. Oh, was the, it? Uh, pregnant yep. girl. Yeah, the it father was. and the son were still there holding their guns drawn in that. Yeah, You're he right. was trying but to hold her hostage. To, still, yeah. though, they were part of the same. They're on the same side of the fence. Yeah. Is my point. Like the, the the father and the son were were just as aggressive when they first came in. They weren't on the same side of the fence as the meth head, though. But everyone that was in the hospital that wasn't those three of the crazy people assumed that they were all bad guys right, trying right. to come there and kill them, or, well, or part of that crazy guy uh, cult group. Well, yeah. my, my point still stands, though, because the my, my point in this is that the, the father and the son wanted to control the situation no matter what. Right. They were not taking shit from anybody. They were, it was the, your way, their way or the highway. You know, they're not afraid to kill you. They're not afraid to hurt you. They're not afraid to leave you to the monsters, whatever. So they go out to the, the cop finally convinces them that they don't have any ammo left. They don't have, you know, for their guns. They have no, no weapons except for two fire axes. Yeah. So he convinces them to go out and get a shotgun from the car. They go out there. They get attacked by the Klansmen, if you will. And I mean, they, they come on. Am I the only one that thought they looked like Klansmen? <laughs> no. I, I no for anybody who hasn't seen it, they're 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 dressed in uh, in white cloaks with white hoods, and then a oh, black triangle. Yeah, bl a the black face. triangle on the face. Yeah. So I'm just gonna call them Klansmen because it's easier. Sure. Um, they get attacked <laughs> by them though, and then when they get back inside, the father and the son's attitudes are completely different from that point on. And I thought that it was a weird change because not much happened. If you were the father and the son who didn't want to go outside to begin with, and the cop lied to you by saying that his car was closer, but it wasn't. Uh, well, I think they no, they moved it. Uh, the yeah, they moved it because the car was much closer. Well, to they I, don't know that though. The, actually, but they no, don't know that. No, yeah, that's true. Is I my actually, point. I actually don't think they moved it. I think that I think that at this point, reality was no longer uh, a, a solid. They, like reality, reality had become fluid. It was yeah. like this. Uh, not the group themselves, but uh, but the doctor and the powers that he's working with. They're able to. Just like in, just like in Dreams in the Witch House, yeah. and like every other damn H.P. Lovecraft thing, they were actually, uh, he was actually able to distort reality. But even still, though, even regardless of where the car was, where the car wasn't, they don't know that. Mm -hmm. So they're going out, or whatever. The father and the son are like pissed off. They get attacked, and by the time they get back to the hospital, you would think, given their history and how those characters were acting to begin with, they'd be even more pissed off that they went out there and risked their neck. And almost got killed. Yet when they get back inside, suddenly it's like, okay, cool, we're all on the same team. Let's let's go. Well, like, and and I I just felt like the, the 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 characters, the way they were written, what they they did like a one eighty for no reason. Well, there's a few and things, it was weird. There's a few things that happened that might explain it. So when they you mentioned something about leaving them to the monsters earlier, how the mm -hmm. father and son just didn't care about leaving them to the monsters. 
up to that point, up until they saw the first transformation of the the woman who uh, the, the nurse mm-hmm. who cut her own face off, they hadn't seen any monsters. But they knew something was after him, though. They knew something was up with the cult, but they didn't know about the monsters. Because when they see that thing, they go, what the hell was that? Yeah, at this they actually, point. One of them actually looks at the other, well, the father, because the son can't talk. The father actually looks at the son and says, what the hell was that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, before that point, so, all that they saw was that the cultists were, like, sacrificing people. Right. So then so, why so, did they, why so did the, they light so the they, girl on fire in the beginning? Then? So they saw, well, hold on. So they saw the monsters. They saw the monsters, which obviously would probably make you want to trust humans a little more. And then they go out to the car, which, yeah, it might they might be pissed off about the fact that it seem, seems like the cop lied to them about how far away it was. But the cop also saves the son's life in that moment because one of the cult members comes and tries to stab the son, and the cop squares up out of the out of the driver's seat of the the cruiser and mm-hmm. blows that guy away. So, if he's willing to kill one of the cult members to save the life of the son, then it's. It stands to reason that the father and son just can at least seems, put a little more trust. Plus, it just then seems the cop says, type, though. That's, then that's, the cop says, know. the cop says, originally when they go out to the car, the father says, I get the gun when you get it. Yeah. He pulls up, he gets up out of the car, blows the cult member away, and then he says, I'm keeping the gun. If a dude with a shotgun tells you that he's keeping his shotgun, you're not going to fight him for it. A dude that is as crazy as that father was acting when we first saw him, though, would absolutely fight him. Like, if the cop had the shotgun in the beginning before they went out to the cop car, he would have absolutely fought him. He wasn't... 100% he would have fought him. He wasn't crazy, though. He was just pissed and desperate. He was... It was a different character type, though, I guess is my point. It seems like before the car and after the car, they were very... Almost written as two completely different characters. Well, because maybe... And it was was a bit jarring to me, Maybe Maybe he realized once the cop was willing to blow away one of these cult members, the cop... Obviously, is not one of them. So he's maybe he puts a little more trust in. Him. Fine, maybe maybe my my problem is that there wasn't enough development from point A to point B, and maybe I just wanted a little bit more to show the trans the transformation between where they were at and you know as as a character and where they ended up. Well, maybe, it just seemed like very abrupt. Well, maybe you should have helped with the crowdfunding then. <laughs> gave him a little bit more money so they so, had more time. So two things. So was I the only one that didn't catch that that was his son? I thought it, I just assumed it was his accomplice. I had to look it up too. Uh, did, did they make mention of it in the movie? Did I miss it? Yeah, there's a part. There's a part toward the end of the movie where they end up in sort of a. a he calls it the cop calls it a sub basement, which uh-huh. there's not actually a sub basement that exists in this hospital, right. which is another indicator of the fact that augmented the, reality. Yeah, that thing. they yep. can control reality, and when the father, like the the father, walks off by himself somewhere. And the son comes after him, and then they realize that they're actually in, like, what appears to be their own house. Ah. And the father, or the the son, looks up at a picture on the wall, and it's the father, it's the son, oh, it's the okay. mother, and it's the baby. The Holy Spirit. But it's it's them. It's a family of four. And then he walks into that room, and he and the and the father says to him. Uh, you should have been here. I told right, you to yep, stay with yep. them, and, and the mother and the baby are on the floor dead. And the son responded, 
with nothing. <laughs> I, 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 I didn't realize that he never speaks to the movie either. I mean, I did watch it at six forty-five this morning too. Also, so, so I was still waking up, but but I didn't catch that he didn't speak throughout the movie. Well, because he he had, he at one point the the, the father says thing. yeah the father thing. says something like he he can't answer you and he says why don't you show him what happened the last time we decided to trust somebody and the right, and son the, pulls a bandage off his neck and he's got like three long he, he must have just his throat. he must have just did a, a good job at doing that role because I it didn't occur to me the whole time that he's not speaking at all I don't like like looking back on the movie I I don't think like even though I was kind of a you know how like if you watch a movie in subtitles after when you think about it you don't even really realize that you read subtitles you almost think about it in English it's kind of like that like he was so good at emoting and stuff like that that it it kind of felt like he was talking he was probably one of the best I would say he was one of the best actors in the movie just because it takes a lot of acting skill to oh sure uh, you emote differently yeah (laughs) it uh, it takes a lot of uh, a lot of acting skill to tell a story without saying a word Mm -hmm. so I I would say he's one of the uh, you, you Better should, actors than that. You should say that. You should tell that to my wife because we, when we went to see The Shape of Water and we were talking about the Oscars afterward and the uh, the, the lead actress from The Shape of Water is up for an She's Oscar. She's mute, right? Yeah. She's mute in it. No, and, and Aaron's like, oh, you really think it, like, don't you think some of these other actresses who actually had to, like, memorize the lines and blah, 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 and I was like, this girl was so good at emoting and making yeah. you like really feel for her character, even though she couldn't say a word the entire time. It was jokes amazing. On, jokes on you. Why? You're stuck with her. <laughs> <laughs> she can't even figure out proper acting skills. What kind of person did you marry? Oh, James Madden. How dare she, you? She's, <laughs> she's a beautiful woman. <laughs> don't ever, and she, don't and she gave ever me beautiful say anything children, something Michael. like that, Mike. Yeah, I will Terrible. break a bottle um, over your face. That's, that's, fair. that's, a, that's a fair point. Um... Yeah, I, I okay. So aside, outside of my little problem with those, with that character displacement, if you yeah. will, um, this this movie was was like kind of a wet dream for for fans <laughs> of practical <laughs> effects, fans oh, of, yeah. of that type of like gothic horror. Like it, it had everything. Uh-huh. The the practical effects, which everything in this movie was done practically, which was kind of one of their mission statements when they first started it, mm. was incredible. Ironically, they had to add a lot of CG into this movie. Oh, they did? Not on the creatures, though. None of the creatures had uh, any CG. They had to add CG in to the hooded figures when they were out in the parking lot because they shot a lot of that during, like, a rain and windstorm. Oh, really? <laughs> and, and so what they would do is they would run out and they would situate the, the masks, like, perfectly on their bodies. And when they would run back to the camera, the wind would just blow them out of, uh, out, mm. out of sync. Or, or not on a sink, but like they they blow the masks just, around yeah. so it looked weird, and so they actually had this digitally enhance the like the, the the people standing in the parking lot. They had to video shop it. Yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> basically. So now, that's where a lot of the CG in the movie is, though. At first, when you said that that they filmed it in like a like a a rainstorm, I was like, well, that might have been pretty creepy to see all these hooded figures like standing out in the pouring With down their rain. heads spinning around. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, but actually, there's something far creepier about them all standing there completely pristine and yep. like in sync and you know like all their like all like See, yeah, nothing, the, there's something not scary about a guy who's fighting against the elements you know well no <laughs> I, I mean well no you've seen movies where like the the killer is standing out in the rain it's scary yeah but like yeah. for these guys I, I yeah i think that uh for all of them to look exactly the same is 
is kind like of like would a, you would you really be afraid of a clansman that's holding an umbrella? <laughs> <laughs> I think if it were probably raining. still, yeah, honestly. <laughs> I think if it were raining, we would have missed one of the, uh, we wouldn't have been able to enjoy one of the best shots of the film, which was when the, uh, the cop, the, uh, lights on the car turned on and you just saw them like flash oh, red and yeah. blue in the cop lights and they're just standing there, standing still. Oh yeah. And the lights are changing like that to me, like just the cinematography behind it and just the everything about that it shot was, a, was it was a beautifully framed and shot shot it really was yeah and it gave me shivers right after so that is when they did the thing that Jay said right where they all pulled their knives out at the same time yep. in unison yep. super now creepy everybody lift so do you, <laughs> so do you synchronized think, slashing so do you think they actually had like a like a hive mind sort of like do you it think could be, yeah. they were all connected yeah. to that one uh, main dude and, I think so. and they were just kind of all his <laughs> I like, never I never thought of it like that but i think you're i think yeah i think there's a lot of stuff like that that was left unanswered you know that uh you know things that you could tie into you know like that p- perfect example you know because i thought that too and that's part of the appeal of this movie is there's so much i, I mean it, in that way like it's very lovecraftian because it's it's a total mystery like a lot of lovecraft deals with the unknown uh-huh. and that's what that's like not knowing something is far scarier than knowing something. Sometimes, you know yeah, what I mean. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Lovecraft so, is about like uh, getting a glimpse at something much, much larger than than you. Yeah. Well, like I said, this movie acts like a snapshot into this world. Mm-hmm. You only know what your characters know, and that's it. And that and that's where part of the fear comes from. Like you, you don't know who these fucking hooded guys are. You don't know. <laughs> right. You know the, uh, the 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 bad guy at the end who you know looks very Clive Barkery like the the, mm-hmm. the guy pulling all the strings, like you, what what is he? Like, he actually, where does this come from? You just don't know. They don't answer these questions. He looks so you're like, kind of left to. He looks a lot like. Uh, just speaking of Clive Barker, w- once Frank in the original Hellraiser uh, is uh, reanimated yeah, or, yeah. or uh, like talking about no skin Frank. Yeah, the no skin Frank. Yeah. He actually looked a lot like yes, him. Yes, that's exactly what I thought too. Except for if he had been like sitting around and rotting and turning gray for a yeah. while. <laughs> yeah, basically take all the red from a, of a body with no skin, make it black. That's what this guy looked, he looked like. like. Frank, yeah. Um, and it was just awesome. I loved his uh, the the delivery, the actor that played that version of the uh, mm-hmm. of 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 that character. We'll say without giving anything away. Uh, I thought that his delivery was was very cold, but it was like deliberately cold. It was like, it was very much like how, um, uh, what's his name, Doug Bradley did mm. Hellraiser. You know, it was just very like just matter stoic. of fact and stoic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I loved that. I thought I thought it was fantastic. I thought that um, the way that they went from point A to point B of 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 explain, not not really explaining things, but bringing you through this journey. You know, <laughs> like like getting from where you are. You you see more of the creatures as as the movie goes on or whatever, mm-hmm. and they keep building and building and building, and then you have. You end in this this room that looks like nothing else in the entire hospital. Clearly, this room does not exist in the hospital. Right. You know, obviously, because there's no basement there or anything else. Mm-hmm. This is all like fourth dimension shit. Right. Like, and and it, was, it was it was just so cool. It was it it really really was effective mm-hmm. in in its what the fuckery. When they came out at the end, they come out of the wall. Yeah, you know. Yep. Well, did, I, did you pick up? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I I wasn't really expecting that. I mean, I knew obviously it was some kind of altered dimension, um, but I thought there must have been some kind of basement there. I didn't expect them to come out of a wall at the end. I thought it was like just a hidden area that the uh, 
they had like the employees the didn't know about or something right. right did you pick up on uh like i mean that was a direct call back to hellraiser 2 that end scene where Wait, it comes to the wall the uh the daughter the reincarnated daughter is chasing uh the son mm-hmm. through the corridors and then they he finally he kind of sees like the the light at the end of the tunnel, wherever, whatever, like the, his way back to the main portion of the hospital, and he's running, and the walls start closing in on them. Yeah. And then he finally dives out from the closing walls, and then the daughter, the monster, yeah. gets crushed. That's like that's the exact same chase scene from uh, Hellraiser Two. Okay. Okay. You remember that? It didn't. It didn't come to me when I was watching it. No. I mean, but... Like if you watch the scenes back to back, they're almost identical. It's mm. kind of weird. I mean, it makes sense paying homage to it, maybe, or yeah. you know. Oh yeah, well I I don't think there's any doubt that this this movie was intentionally had had like a it's lot of an like homage to like all yeah, those things that these kind guys of a, grew up with. Yeah, I it's think kind of right. a love letter not only to H.P. Lovecraft but John Carpenter and and uh, Clive, Clive Barker. Barker. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, can we talk about the fetus monster real quick? Oh yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I was about to say the same thing. Like either the fetus monsters <laughs> or all the deformed like failed experiments. I've, I've oh, seen. Oh yeah, a lot we of... got to get into that too. That oh, was awesome. Yes. I've seen a lot of movies where somebody is pregnant, a character is pregnant, and they end up giving birth to a monster mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and whatever. Right. We've we've seen that song and dance before. What we haven't seen is the fact that the monster is still connected to the mother via umbilical cords, <laughs> and it's just dragging the carcass of the mother behind it as it's moving around. Oh, oh it was so! I was like, I saw that. I was like, oh god! I'm like, not gonna lie, I couldn't, I couldn't stand her. So when she like got, when she died during that part, I was like, oh my gosh, thank goodness she's been replaced by someone I actually like. A monster. <laughs> yeah. There was something. There was something sort of similar in the uh, the. Uh, the everybody calls it a remake, but we talked about it not long ago. The the prequel, the of the thing. Oh yeah, yeah. I haven't seen it. You have. There yeah. there is a part where there's a uh, um, I think it was that where one of the monsters comes out and it's and it's still dragging the lifeless body of the woman that it, it gotcha. came out of around. Yeah. So that was it was pretty similar. Um, but no, I what. I'm asking for? you for a beer. Oh, you no. you've never done it. <laughs> were, you, were you taking the role of the sun just then? I w- no words, just. <laughs> it, was a, it was a really sharp day. And oh. actually, it's funny that you mentioned that part because uh, I I watched the uh, the the new the thing mm-hmm. around the same time that I actually watched this for the first time. The new the thing. <laughs> I grew up in northern Wisconsin. My grammar good, you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the entire time, I was just waiting, waiting for the scene, like in the uh, the thing where the monster touches him and his face starts melting toward and combining with the monster. Yeah. And uh, I'm glad that you said that because I was after the movie was done. I was like, "What the heck? Where was that scene that I was thinking of?" And now I know it was from the thing because that was one of my favorite scenes from that movie where the the monster just touches him and suddenly he starts like melting into them yeah i haven't seen it i need i need to see that the the remake slash prequel yeah it took uh, it, it got a lot of flack but then like like i said once i once i realized that it was a, a prequel yeah i was much more interested in it because it, it kind of shows you what led up to the movie that we all love so much which is john carpenter's the thing mm-hmm. but there were uh uh on the monsters real quick two monster scenes that reminded me of uh, previous movies actually two two from silent hill actually <clears throat> so actually when the nurse was first 
in the beginning, stabbing the patient's eye, and she turns around and her eye's stabbed and her skin's peeling off. Yeah. It reminded me of the nurse from Silent Hill, the, the one where her, she got the cuts across her faces all stitched up or whatever. It's uh-huh. not my face. Um, <laughs> and then there was, at towards the end, when the... Uh, when the things started coming alive, mm-hmm. and the one was crawling out like backwards with its like head upside oh, down, yeah. oh, it reminded yeah, me of the that. bathroom scene from Silent Hill that, with the uh, creepy monster guy. That guy that was crawling around with his head backwards—that was a real actor. That was probably one of the most contorted contortionists I've ever seen in my life. Oh my god! That was that all was like so a dude good. with his arms popped out backwards. Like that was like, I, dude, watch the making of that's on YouTube. It's incredible. Is that they, the, they is that the, the d- video of the guy where he's? He, it looks like he's in a small office room, and he does it in the office room, and the. So I think it, so. Yeah. Is it, same is, one is it a, is a uh, black guy? Yeah. 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 Dude, and, that guy's nuts. Oh, he's like, amazing. Oh my, dude, he's more creepy watching him do it just in real life yeah. without any prosthetics well, than it is like. Even the person oh. holding the camera in that video starts to. You can kind of hear him so start to go. Weird. Oh, oh, it's oh. so weird. <laughs> And like it was all done, like that's a real dude yeah. doing that. It was that's like, amazing. Oh, Jesus! And I think that's one of the reasons why the monsters were so effective. <laughs> like yep. th- that monster in particular is probably one of the most memorable ones beyond the monster trying to stab itself in the head. Oh um, God! <laughs> oh, was, before we move on to that one, there, there was before we move on to that monster. There was that that was another callback to a John Carpenter movie. The uh, the the person walking upside down and backwards because mm-hmm. in the mouth of madness there's there's a character that does the oh, exact same thing yeah so sorry it, go to the it's also something the... they did in the Exorcist way back in the day too yeah that's true the, the crab spider walk, walk the, the spider walk yeah. down the, which granted that was part of the director's cut but have you seen still. have you seen speaking of that real quick uh, have you seen the I'm gonna say GIF I know that it's technically GIF but I say GIF GIF uh, for life yeah GIF for life exactly <laughs> have you seen the GIF of like the extended version of that where she comes down because everything that I've ever seen in the movies she comes down and she runs to the bottom of the landing and then she opens her mouth and spits out blood and screams there's a gif online of her doing that running backwards down the stairs and then she leaps up onto the wall like and and like bounces off the wall have you ever seen that yeah, first is off, that actually first off, a... it's pronounced GIF. Um, <laughs> I would, were you not listening? It's, I was. I was trying to piss you off. It's GIF, <laughs> bitch. Um, no, I believe that's part of the director's cut. Pretty sure. Really? I thought. Yeah, like the the version you've never seen. Maybe I'm I've never. Sure maybe I've. <laughs> maybe I've never seen that version then because I've I I saw that GIF and saw her like bounce off the wall I was like I've never seen that oh let's see it Justin. are you looking Jay's, at her right Jay's now? watching All right. the dude it's, it's, so it's 30 fu- seconds long you, it's you so check it real quick up. you can send me a link um, yeah. yeah this dude though oh, he's gosh. so he's so weird like, said, <laughs> just, the... just let that roll real quick we can keep talking <laughs> yeah, while we watch sure. this but look at the way he just hits the floor yeah the... dude like, he's, oh, like, yeah. Like, like I said, he's one of the most gifted contortionists I've yeah, gifted. Gifted. gifted contortionists I've ever seen in my life though like like look at like his what? his body is turned in two separate oh like his complete 180s popping out of the sockets like is that that's, that's way more creepy than the, than him in the prosthetics oh yeah i could do that just, <laughs> dude if, if that guy if that guy just like can you imagine like walking down an alley and having that come at you can you imagine if javier botet can do that he oh, can. that'd be great. No, the, like that. No, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, he would be the creepiest human being. He'd be even more of the creepiest human being on the face of the earth. He's like he's like six five though, isn't he? Be, yeah. <laughs> that's a lot of okay. That's Super a lot of person arms. to bend in half. Now can we now can we please talk about the dude 
putting his head through yes, a pole yes. pipe. Oh. Well, and this, how this was amazingly, disgustingly just awesome that oh, visual is <laughs> this was one of my favorite parts of the movie and there there was there was a a, a certain amount of uh baskin to this movie i thought well like you have a you have <laughs> a group you have a group of people who are trapped in a building and they make their way they make their their way downward they make their way down they make, they, they make <laughs> their way down <laughs> man. and the farther down that they go the creepiest shit gets no but they're they're making their way downward into the the bowels of this building and the further they they go down the creepier more shit gets. the creepier shit goes <laughs> and 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 it, it and like even the even the creature design a, a little bit but uh when he when they get down into that room and they see all these which we can explain what they are in a minute, but like when they see all these things and just that was one of my favorite lines of the movie is they're, they're looking around at all these things and they're not reacting to it yet. And then the father just goes, we're in hell. Yeah. And so then, he knows it right off. And the then bat. shit hits the fan. All these things start going after him, but and, explain what they first saw when they, when they walked into that room. So when they first walked down there, uh, they ju- they look around and all you see are all these deformed corpses and in the mean in the meantime like it keeps cutting back and forth between the doctor doing his monologue talking about uh, his process leading to what is currently happening. Great and I see you're moment. noticing my shirt right now. I just noticed that. <laughs> I, I wore this just for you, actually. Nice. I, thought was a, I thought it was a Walking Dead shirt. That's why yep. I didn't take any mind to it. <laughs> Evil Dead, Walking Dead, mat, uh, mashup. Sorry, is, back to what you're saying. But um, so at the same time that the monologue is going on, explaining that the doctor has like, been experimenting, suddenly all these corpses come to life, and you start hearing this like noise, and it's just this very like slappy like oh. like this very like wet slap noise like like imagine having a jello mold and then just <laughs> punching it over and over again <laughs> and they're shining the light around and the first anim- animated corpse that they see is this uh, this corpse hitting its head on this sharp like pole trying to kill itself and this is actually what leads to the scariest part of the movie for me because uh, because the doctor pretty much says they want to die but i won't let them and then all oh, these angry like corpses that w- used to be people come back to life and start attacking <laughs> them and the reason why this is actually the scariest part of the movie for me is uh like horror for me is scariest when it's like a evil entity has taken control of you or your body and is forcing you to do something you don't want to do. Sure. And that, like, one of the movies that you guys talked about quite a bit is the movie Get Out. And that theme of hypnotism is one of the reasons why that's honestly one of the scariest horror movies I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. So, as well as the amazing visuals in the scene, just the feeling of, like, helplessness. A loss, for, of, loss of control. Loss of control for these, like, poor people like just makes the scene even scarier because it's scary for the people that are these reanimated corpses but it's scary for the main characters it was just sad for them you know i really got started started crying there because i was like (laughs) these poor beings big justin tears (laughs) actually what what kind of freaked me out of that exact scene too was the fact that normally in these type of movies you got your shotgun you shoot the the thing in the head, it's dead. This thing has a hole all the way through its head, like a three-inch gaping hole that's just yep. oozing in brains. And I, 
and you can't shoot him and kill him. Right. What do you do? I found you myself just die. I found myself <laughs> watching that scene too, like wondering up. like how did they do that scene? Because it legitimately looks like a real actor. Like like the like the, the, the mold they used for the head yeah. looked real. Like really real to the point where I'm like, I don't I feel like did they do that with CG or something? But you might know because the pipe was just in there. They didn't cut like it's just a really committed actor. So, so it's, yeah, it's, but, it's, but it's but it's such a well done effect though. You, le- you legitimately think that's <laughs> oh, yeah, a real man. person doing yeah, it. Yeah, it looked like, amazing. It's it, like I said, and, and when you think about the budget, it's like the what they did on so little for on this a, movie was ridiculous. Well, just yeah, I mean, just because so we don't really know how much of it was actually crowdfunded. Yeah, but a good deal of it, I think, and yeah, just to for them to be able to pull some of this stuff off. I mean, because not only like that is incredible in and of itself, but then like the uh, the prosthetic work on the doctor after he all of his skin is oh gone God, yes. is amazing. The the giant creatures that come popping out of the uh, out of like out of the nurse and mm-hmm. out of the uh, who was the, uh, and, and the, the wife the the uh, the, the pregnant girl yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. like it. Uh, yeah, and then the wife, the how wife? she's got all those tentacles coming out oh, of her and stuff. That was, was like, so cool. Oh, man. But does she? Because they kind of go back and forth between if she does, she doesn't. Like, yeah, it's, that it's was one of the that was one of the parts that kind of trippy, man. It's, yeah. it's so good. Well, and, and oh, so sorry, when she's on that table, <laughs> when she's on that table, mm-hmm. and they do a shot that is like overlooking her pregnant belly. And then you see her face behind it, and the belly's just going, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, and it just—it looks, oh, it's so gross and Cramps. it's so awesome. You know, you know, it's, you know, it's funny as I saw that, and I was like, yeah, it looks about right. <laughs> I, I, like it's it's creepy. Like when you obviously it's not that intense, but like it's weird when because you know my wife's had two babies now, and you can you can lay there, and 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 with the belly out, and you can see like. It's not just, it's like, you can see outlines (laughs) of feet and hands, like, and little fingertips, like, reaching out. It is so bizarre to see that in real life, and it's like, that you see that, and it's like, this is just, how does this even work? This is incredible. But, and it's, it's kind of... It's beautiful, but also kind of gross and creepy at the same time. <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned that, because if I hadn't known that and I saw uh, Elizabeth's belly doing that, I'd be like, oh my gosh, what's going on? Well, there were, there were times, uh, Thatcher was very active in there, and there were times when you could you could look at Aaron's belly and it would be lop- lopsided. It would be like over here, and then it would like it would be like he just flipped his entire body out, so her, her belly would go from one side to the other, it would just go... So <laughs> you're standing there like, hey honey, hold my beer for a second. So, let me let me get this straight. The, yesterday, your belly was over there, and now it's over here. Now, 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 now rid of me that. Now done flip flop. <laughs> and like you can see a little butt every once in a while, like a little butt cheek. It's weird. Man. It's like, did you ever try to high five your kid while he was still in the womb? <laughs> You mean did I ever slap my wife in the belly when she was pregnant? Yeah, all the time. <laughs> oh look, his hands up by your face today. Welcome to the Buzzkill Podcast. Today we're talking about the ch- the miracle of childbirth. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. No, it really is beautiful, guys. Um, yeah. Okay, is there anything else to add? Do you guys want to add anything else before we wrap up here? Uh, let's just talk about the end with the the giant triangle and the and, oh. and we gotta we gotta talk about the the place that they end up in real quick. Well, okay. Because that's, I think that's where you really get 
that's where you really like everything really wraps together into a like a complete Lovecraftian experience. Well, here's here's oh, yeah. what I didn't get. He at the very end, uh, you you have your 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 main antagonist who is he's he's uh, in front of this triangle shaped like like <laughs> portal entrance almost whatever, and he's and he's he's opening it up and he's praying to the like, elder gods basically, and the way that the main character figures out to kill him is basically by like tackling him into the void. Right. Now, if you're praying to that, and that's where your your gods live, or whatever, and mm-hmm. that's what you want, how does that get rid of it and kill it? I don't necessarily think that he killed him. I think it was just. I kind of feel like he screwed himself even more. Well, yeah, oh well, <laughs> you, you mean the cop? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I I think that he definitely did screw himself over, but I I think at that point it was just kind of he was willing to sacrifice himself to kind of put an end to all this, and so he could be with his wife. Do you think he knew that at that point? Well, the guy. Well, they did say he did say like, I can I can give you all you wanted. All he 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 did tell the guy. If you want to be with her, I can make that happen. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is, is basically give yourself over to me. He said so, he, he specifically said you have to die. Yeah, and that's that's one of the running themes throughout this movie is. Uh, well, all, so she's dead you notice, too. So is if that you notice, hell? If you notice all the people who all the people who initially kill someone, <laughs> yeah, they themselves once they die, they come back as one of those creatures. Like so, the nurse kills the that patient by uh, sticking the scissors in his eye, uh-huh. and then she is reborn as one of the creatures. Uh-huh. The daughter kills her dad, slices his throat, uh-huh. and then she's kind of reborn as uh, as the doctor's daughter. Uh-huh. Uh, who else kills? Who else? Tra- Does anybody else turn into a creature in the movie? Well, well, most of the people that are creatures are already there. Well, yeah, but. those were his like experiments. <laughs> yeah. Though he was basically, I think he was he was basically doing experiments on people to find out who had the the fortitude to uh, the wife though to 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 bear his child, right? But the wife didn't kill anybody. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. And she was strapped with the gurney, but did die because she was basically an experiment <clears throat> for him. But she. She didn't actually become a creature herself. She had a creature inside of that's, her. That, but that's what I'm saying, though. the The cop didn't. I mean, he killed the. I guess he did kill somebody, but the cop killed the cop chopped his wife to bits because at that point he realized she was done for. Yeah, but when he so, jumped, but when he jumps through the void, so the, they're both so there. The, so the reason the reason that the doctor was telling him to let himself die was because he knew that since he had already killed someone, if he died then he would be resurrected as one of the creatures mm-hmm. and i think the whole point the whole point was not only for the doctor to get his daughter back but he like the point of the cult was for him to turn all of his followers into these creatures so that they could take over the world how about the scene where the uh i forget who they were chopped but he had the axe and was chopping the guy's neck and oh he had yeah all the, the vines coming out of him or, or whatever oh, that, that was so cool that was the other cop it was when oh, yeah, it yeah, was yeah, when the yeah. nurse turned into the monster, and then uh-huh. she drags the cop away, and she's just like feeding tentacles into his face into and his stuff. eyes. It's yeah, like, oh, oh man, was and up. it was like they were never ending too. They just like kept going in further and further oh. into it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like Eat too. This. I like too. They uh, the 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 father as he's about to be killed by the the reborn daughter uh-huh. monster. He shoots her in the face, like in the skull face, and instead of it injuring her. Once her face is blown off, 
just more tentacles come out. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. like, these things are unstoppable. Every so time you injure them and it's just more tentacles. That... Every time you keep saying about the word tentacles coming out, in my mind, I keep replacing with testicles and, I keep, <laughs> and I'm laughing about this entire so movie. So she gets <laughs> shot in the face and all <laughs> these <laughs> testicles come out. All these monsters just hanging brain everywhere. <laughs> Shoot them in the balls. balls. <laughs> So anyway, like when they end up, like I, I agree with you. I think that the, I think ultimately the cop sacrifices himself and screws himself over, but he ends up in this like other dimension yeah. with his wife, who I don't know, her soul was saved for some reason. And I kind of like the idea that they just the filmmakers said there's not going to be any sequel to this movie. Yeah. It just is what it is, mm-hmm. and and that in itself is what makes it the most Lovecraftian. That it could possibly like be said, because you don't know what happens after that. Snapshot. It's right. all you get. Right. All you oh, get so is what they allowed you to see. Right. Everything else is is, is conjecture. Right. Everything. Because you just yep. you end in this desolate wasteland with these giant like this giant black pyramid on the horizon and like you just don't know what's gonna happen and that's what I would that's, that's awesome. I would love for the creators to team up with uh with an author. And maybe write a series of books that just kind of like fills in the gaps here oh, and here and so there, cool. you know. Like that could be really cool. Don't like, don't ever make another film that like, you don't need to. But like maybe, maybe just kind of give some more. Maybe info. not even the future of what happens there, but like yeah, like fill in the sure. gaps of what has already happened. It can be anything. Yeah. You can do the past. You can do the future. You can do side stories of similar things you know, I think, that, that give more insight to the cult itself. You I think know? this would definitely need to be graphic novels, though. Like sure, you need, yeah. You need visual aids absolutely. for this kind of thing. Oh, you know what I, mean? I, I partially agree with you, but one of the, I think even just a normal, normal novel would be really cool because I just finished a book called Little Heaven by Nick Cutter, and a lot of the creatures, like the way they're described, they're supposed to be to give off the same vibe as the the creatures in this book and it's kind of like do-it-yourself horror like they describe it like and the eye just looked away because of the horror of the the horror of the monster was too much to be seen by the sane mind but at the same time like love crafting horror with these weird monsters that have no shape really like lends itself well to good creative thinking yeah that's a, that's actually a really good point I don't know how good your brain mind works, but I need pictures to show me what I'm looking at. Uh, How am I supposed to know? How am I supposed to know it? No, it's Y'all talking about testicles all over the place? I mean... In in Mike's mind, if you had a novel, it's just a bunch of Balchinians walking around. I think Uh, Mike just wants pictures of testicles. I mean... (laughs) You are going to get flooded in a group text tomorrow with just a bunch of sack pictures. I promise you. Oh, jeez. Well, I think that's... We gave away pretty much everything about that movie, so we'll just... uh, I feel like... uh, I hope that if you stuck through this whole thing that you took the time to actually watch the movie because I feel as though we were kind of all over the place in this one. Yeah. We're not very linear, and (laughs) it was probably very confusing if you have not seen the movie. Um, so go back and watch it, re-listen to this if you haven't, and I guarantee you it'll make a lot more sense. It's probably, it's probably very similar to last week when we were talking about The Wailing. Yeah. So you should have watched The Wailing last week, and you should watch The Void this week. We should probably announce like a week ahead what we're doing, that way people can actually watch the movies before we talk about them. We started doing that for a little while, and then we stopped. Yeah, because we suck. (laughs) (laughs) We'll start doing that again. All right. 
Uh, anyway, yeah, I think. So that what are we doing next week? I think they're pretty. What? <laughs> so what are we doing next week? Oh damn it! <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna or do. Uh, we're going to. We're going to do. Um, uh, porn adaptations of horror movies. <laughs> Evilhead. Yes. Finally. Finally. Is there actually a porn movie yes. called Evilhead? Oh yeah, The XX Exorcist. Uh, <laughs> we got Re- Repenetrator. Uh, what else we got? Oh, Re- Repenetrator. That was a Dark Angel. They're all Burning e- Angel. Burning Angel. They're all yeah. Burning Angel, baby. I might have to sit out on that one. <laughs> no, you're like, in, Jansen. I'll just go to church and be like, "Here's my resignation." Already. <laughs> You'll hear the podcast on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, well, that does oh, it for there's today. There's the shitting. Right? The shitting? Is that the shining? <laughs> you know what? One last thing before we wrap this up. Yeah. <laughs> That's all. If you want to find us on Twitter, you can find us at the Buzzkill PC, or you can find us on iTunes. Give us some. Give us a five star rating. Give us a one star rating. Give us give us a triangle. Rating. Give us a triangle rating. Yes. Um, and 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 make make a comment. Let the world know how how good we are at 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 quilting penis blankets. And give yourselves <laughs> over to the overlords of the podcast. Universe. That, that too. <laughs> Penis blankets? <laughs> what? He thought yours seemed more weird. I want my goal my goal is for people to look us up on iTunes and read through the comments. And it's like, what in the fuck is this? Like they're good at penis blankets. They're really good at making cookies. They're really good at I think every comment to be something different. Hey oh. Alexa, play the penis blanket podcast. <laughs> That's me. Also, in case you're in case you're thinking about sniping that that idea we just officially trademarked penis blankets you can't have it tm 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 the copyright papers will be here in two years yeah i'm in with the copyright people so i I got it on lockdown now i know i know karen from the copyright office we we also have we also have cock quilts that's ours too or or the uh the 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 testicle version of the snuggie called the nuggie All right. If you want to find us on other social media, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, uh, SoundCloud, and maybe one of these days we'll be back on Horror Amino at, sabbatical. at, at the Buzzkill Podcast. If you want to find J-Rodge, you can find me on all social media at Ocean Recording and also check out www.oceanrecordingstudio.com for all your fantastic audio needs. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Well, that's it. Uh, that was a fun show, guys. That's it. <sighs> Jansen, thanks for coming in, brother. Well, thanks for having me. This is a lot of fun. Yeah. Do you want to? Do you want to plug your own uh, website or anything? Uh, no. <laughs> Jan- Check out jancypants.com. What about your your fantastic cooking videos? Oh, oh dear lord. Uh, Wait, you have cooking? He has videos? a cooking show. Yeah, there. I used to, one of the reasons why I'm actually in the industry that I am now is when I was in high school, I was part of a class called Media Productions, which was a fancy name for the AV club. Oh yeah, oh, I was in it. I know. And uh, I I did a couple of cooking segments, which oh my gosh, they were so fun to make. But watching them now is just. <laughs> <laughs> oh, senior Brian with puffy hair. Can we actually Lord. find those somewhere? Oh yeah, like you can find them on my Facebook. Uh, I, I'll yeah. show. We'll show you guys. Yeah, yeah. We'll, <laughs> yes, we will. Maybe, maybe, more, show the maybe, world, maybe not make that public. No, yeah. no. We'll definitely post a link to this in our <laughs> in our description for this week's episode. I will. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, John. So anyway, yeah. thanks for coming out, man. We had a lot of fun. It's been oh. fun. Cheers, boys. Cheers. Yeah.